Welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinate with Films. What's up? What's up? I like the sound in here. We're kind of in like a little... Apocalyptic bunker Yeah, we're in our little bunker. If we weren't surrounded by tote bags and soccer balls. We had a little too much noise outside, so we decided to do it in my garage and everything. And uh, I forgot how uh, kind of cozy it is. I'm not usually shut into my garage like this. We're (laughs) probably coming to where we can do it in a home. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely close. Our next one might be because Dave's been, you've been fully vaccinated with the Johnson Johnson, other than the twitches he got, and you seem to be good. Yep. I'm I'm one shot into my D- Moderna, which we will be taking our next shot in a I week, feel so. Bill Gates, big info running all through my veins. <laughs> yeah, that was a great, uh, did you ever seen the, um, the meme where it shows the guy at the desk and it says some outlandish thing? He says, this is what I think, try to convince me otherwise, and it's just a guy sitting there. Uh, with a uh, a mug of coffee in his hand or something, someone stuck uh, Bill Gates in that seat with his mug of coffee, and it uh, and it says, "You're not that interesting for me to microchip. <laughs> Convince me otherwise." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's awesome." <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I I live out in the country. Nobody wears a mask anymore. Oh yeah. Well, I'm tractor supplied. Nobody, not one person, except for the person behind the cash register. Yeah, there's certain people. I don't care. They can look at me. No one says anything to me. Uh, I wear my mask. Yeah, I, mean, I wear them all. I don't time. give a shit. Yeah, you don't want to wear your mask. That's fine. They make everyone down at the uh, Sun wear them now. Yeah, like oh, carries and everything. Everything you can't get out of your car without a gas uh, with a ma- without a mask on down there, and everyone does it. Which I'm surprised. I was thinking there was going to be some fucking. People well, what are you going to do? do? Quit? I mean. I mean, yeah, it's stupid. You can quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you been up to? You've been—I could see by your George Hamilton esque tan. Yeah, <laughs> and this is with like I, you know what I found? Here's a trick: if you ever want to buy suntan blocker, like lotion, mm-hmm. buy baby formula lotion for baby babies. Formula. Oh yeah, yeah. It's tw- it's ten times as thick, so yeah. it stays on. It doesn't yeah. run, and it's half the price. What uh, what SPF are you fifty? Fifty? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I would. That's well, what I, mean, I use because is, I don't want any goddamn uh, friggin'. I, I don't put. I only put it on my face, yeah. my arms, and my legs. I've never used tanning. I, I got dark complexion. Yeah, so. I never usually have to do it on my arms. But it's, uh, it's my face that I got. If tanned. I took my shirt off and went outside, I'd get roasted. I'm white. Yeah. But, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you've been just doing a lot of yard work. Yeah, yard work, playing golf, helping my wife's mom passed away. So we've been doing some stuff. Her car broke down on the way back from Tallahassee yesterday. No, the Mustang? Yeah, I had wow. to drive halfway up there. We put it at a garage in, in uh, Cross City, the alternator. We know what's wrong with it. Oh, okay. It was going bad. This is the second alternator. Or... Oh, wow. Something wrong. And don't be mad at me for telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> me? No, my wife. Oh, she's listening wife to this. Listen? If she's listening to this, I'm dead and she's just remembering. <laughs> so, ah, you can't give me a hard time. Her CD player has been broken for years, yeah. and so it just drains the battery. Oh, so okay. we get a free battery every year. Huh. Or two. We bring the battery back and it's still under warranty. They're like, wow, I can't believe this new battery is no longer <laughs> like good. My... But we know it's not why it's not yeah. good is because the CD player runs when the car doesn't turn off. Yeah. It, it turns on sometimes. But it, what it also does is 
it uh, stresses out the alternator. Uh, so this is the second alternator in a year she's had. That's crazy. So, but should... under warranty. Like I was telling my wife. Oh, I had... this one isn't under warranty because oh. she got it. The last one done at a friend's house. Yeah. So the no warranties. Warranty's because... a good thing because warranty's uh, a good thing. Man. I didn't help. have one on my last. Uh, I guess my last glasses. They, I got them through Warby Parker, mm-hmm. and they have like a year. And I realized like a year and a half. The left side of one of my uh, lenses is scratched the hell up. So I got a new one, and my wife's like, "Don't forget, we'll check it at the uh, warranty." I said it. I said even if there isn't a scratch, I'm gonna run a knife across them uh, a month before. My my uh, warranty comes up, and I'm getting a new pair. So I'm not going to yep. be fooled this time. <laughs> you know who likes cars? Walter Hill. He does. <laughs> I was telling my wife. But no, no, that's pretty good. What are you talking about? <laughs> my wife, uh, I was explaining to her the TBS guys, uh, movies for guys who like movies, which is whenever they played it, it was almost all 80%. Walter Hill. It was insane. I'm sure he's a lot. Walter Hill was known back in the 80s and 90s for the like serious gunplay and loud, gritty, gritty. The the crazy gunplay that he had and uh, very masculine movies. Yeah, not many women. I'm telling you, if you if you look at these list of movies, there's women in these movies, but their girlfriends are the shady uh, accomplice. Yeah, there's no the probably the only role in this whole thing that has any meat on it for an actress is uh, Alan Barkin and Johnny uh, Handsome. Probably might be the only one where he puts a female on par with the other male actors. I on mean, par, it, yeah. That's yeah, the I mean, one. you can't think of any. I mean, really, the number five. The, I mean, where his girl had a decent role, but yep, number five, which is Brewster's Millions, will, we'll, uh, and uh, that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else on here. Think of Trespass. You, can you name a woman in Trespass? There or, wasn't a woman in or Trespass. Hard Times or any or of these. Southern Comfort. I mean, or, or Southern Comfort. So it, it made sense. They were very uh, dick swinging movies, I suppose you'd call, you'd call them. Uh, maybe in his, in his latter uh, movies, because I only got uh, movies this... for guys who love movies. Put Without the woman women. in the kitchen or in the background, and that's how we'll get to these. It's crazy. I mean, well, he, he somehow, somehow were, was able to tell movies where it wasn't as noticeable. Uh, I guess unless you're a woman, uh, but a lot of the situations like Southern Comfort and uh, Trespass made complete sense. They were situations that involved just a certain group of dudes out there yeah. doing something, and uh, and that's just the way it was, you know. So <laughs> we will give the the females some love when we uh, when we come across them, but they are very. Uh, uh, you hard didn't to come draw by. your experience from. As a director, you always had strong women in your Yeah, role. I always had strong women in mine. I always liked uh, the strong women characters. And there could have been many in this. Like, you could have easily... Except the one that got eaten in the tub. She was... Uh, which one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that... <laughs> that just pushed the story along. <laughs> Walter knows. <laughs> but there are several on here that if they redid it, they could totally uh, have put a female role in them and everything. Last Man Standing would have been great. You had a female badass just rolling into town. Oh, that would have been awesome. Like That's the Sharon only one Stone? that I'm not like completely oh, we'll super go. familiar with. So you'll have to you'll have to educate me. I know it is Bruce Willis. Yeah, it is great. It's it's Walter. What I love about Walter Hill is what I love about a lot of the other directors that we do. They you, you don't realize it until you go through a whole list of their movies. How often they reuse some of their favorite actors, and I'm not talking. I mean, there are some people like uh, Christopher Nolan who uses uh, Leo any chance he can get. And same with Scorsese, anytime you can get De Niro in there. But I'm talking like character actors. They're character actors like Alan Graff, we were talking about. Uh, David Patrick Kelly uh, is, is another actor that he uses constantly. James Remar, he uses all the time. 
Uh, who, who else? Obviously, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Brian James. He uses Brian James they, a lot. Uh, Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston, he used a lot. The first one had... Uh, God, now I forget. All right, yeah, we can work right into this okay. too. So I, we've got uh, we got ten movies here. There are a few we we left off of the list, like Extreme Prejudice. We could have easily put on this list. That was the uh, the one with Powers Booth and Nick Nolte. Uh, I want to. Is it Sonny Landham? Yeah, Sonny Landham, not Liston. Sonny Liston's like a boxer, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Sonny Landham is the really huge Native American guy from uh, from Predator? Predator. Yeah, yeah. He he's in a lot of these movies. He's in Southern Comfort and uh, Forty Eight Hours for sure. Those are my two favorites that he's in. But yeah, let's talk this first one because most of these movies, the average movie fan is going to be familiar with. I mean, if you he went right to the top for Manly Men in nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. If he's making men, for yeah, movies this was for the men, only he's like. In, in 2000, people are going to love this. Yeah, yeah. Well, his first movie, Hard Times, and that was the only movie that I think... I think the first three movies would be uh, a stretch for, for some movie fans. Maybe The Warriors, a lot of people, more people know it because it's such a cult uh, movie, but Southern Comfort is such a weird, random movie. Uh, that was one that I was excited when it came up on uh, sale on eBay when I saw the DVD come across. Man, there was two movies. When did Deliverance come out? Deliverance was probably around seventy eight, I would imagine. The, Southern Comfort always seems like a, a oh, it is very yeah. Let me look movie. it up real quick. Uh, Deliverance. So yeah, I uh, I'm looking. That's a manly movie too. <laughs> it's definitely a manly movie. <laughs> the the seventy two, so it was way after that. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Our times was really good. So they, it was it starred like Dave said, some a real bruiser in like uh, Charles, Charles Bronson and uh, what's his name from uh, Payback. Uh, damn. Uh, now I got to look him up. Damn, I can't remember his name. He's the old school guy. Uh, Coburn? Yeah, James Coburn. I'll look it up anyways just in case. It's I James Coburn. No, I meant just the list in case something else on here. Yeah, Jill Ireland was on this. So that was a good thing about this was Jill Ireland. Was she on was it. his she, girlfriend. Yeah, Coburn's she ended up girlfriend? marrying him in real life. She was. She's oh, really? been in like. She was like that. What was that girl that uh, uh, Clint Eastwood married that he put in everything? Like the girl from the Gauntlet. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was his girl. Jill Ireland was in the assassination with him and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm, I don't know if this is. You got to pull the strings when you can. He didn't. Your, uh, they family. met on this movie because that was the rumor that people were like, why didn't you do more, uh, talking to Walter Hill, why didn't you do more movies with Charles Bronson? Apparently he didn't like Jill Ireland and he came out against her and talked smack about her, kind of like Oliver Stone style oh, when yeah. the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, got back to what's his and, name? Well, it got back to him. He ended up marrying her. He, he wasn't married to her, maybe not even dating her at the time. The, so the he, girl you're talking about is the one that Charles Bronson, uh, his girlfriend in the film, or Bruce, or Coburn's girlfriend in the film? It played uh, this woman here. Yeah, that's Jim Bronson. Ireland. Okay. Yeah, it was Bronson. It makes sense it was Bronson. So apparently there's a story where uh, Walter Hill went over at Charles Bronson's house, and they just had, he, he said he didn't even pour me a drink. He sat down. It was yes, no, yes, and this was after he made the comments, and they said that's how I found out he he had read the comments about how bad I, he said he thought Jill Ireland wasn't. Don't talk interested. shit about people. Yeah, that's public. The, that's the kind of thing. But I think, or if you do, make sure you never want to have anything to do with that person again. <laughs> make sure the guy that you're talking to isn't dating her. <laughs> hey, make sure the guy out. isn't Charles Bronson. Yeah. Who could probably beat? Yeah, yeah, the man. hell out of you. Oh, him to. and James Coburn, I, I had heard, uh, didn't always get along, but they had been doing movies for her in the past. But those are two strong kind of personalities. Yeah. Those guys, uh, they had already been in obviously The Great Escape together. Mm-hmm. This was a good movie about. Uh, about like it was right after the depression, right? It was depression era. 
Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the main premise of Hard so, Times? Money was hard to come by. Yeah. So yeah. people gambling. I mean, people had money. Some people had money, so gambling yeah. became a big thing, and uh, bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, was it a had a uh, an element of uh, what was of the one Cinderella Man, the Cinderella but, Man, but yeah. they were that was like real boxing. They were using gloves and everything. It wasn't yeah. this bare knuckle. Holy crap! This is illegal shit they were doing. Yeah, screw that. I love the I love how Charles Bronson came up to him too. You could tell Charles Bronson was hard up on money, and he just like sat down at like James Coburn's table while James oh, Coburn ate was one having of his dinner. What, what? He ate one of his oysters. Yeah, he says, yeah, help yourself, man. Was this in New Orleans? It's funny because uh, number seven was in New Orleans. Yeah. Number one was in New Orleans. Number three was in like New Orleans or Georgia, Mississippi yeah, Bayou. Uh, yeah, Louisiana Bayou and everything. Um, so he definitely has it. He picked some iconic places because... Uh, 48 hours, another 48 Detroit, hours, both San Francisco. Right? Oh, no, really? San Francisco. Uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, Bruce's millions. Chicago, Chicago. was uh, uh, Bruce's millions with Chicago. So was Red Heat. Red Heat was Chicago. Chicago um, police officers never relinquishes his weapon. Number nine trespass. Was, nine, uh, uh, damn, I just they fired watched fires. it. I think it was like it was weird. It was like Kansas or something oh, okay. like that. I don't think it was a, a, a big thing. But hey, that's uh, pretty good. We were able to name, it. and I think the Warriors is New York. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so yeah, uh, so basically at the beginning of the movie. Charles he Bronson. sees a bunch of people going into a building yeah. in like fancy cars and dressed up in suits, and he just was at a diner having coffee yeah. and walked in and like saw the fight mm-hmm. and probably was like, "I can do this. I can do this." And little do we know that he really could do this. Yeah, <laughs> he was like the one punch guy. Yeah, that first fight that James Coburn, James yeah. Cameron's uh, Coburn's expression when he actually hit him, it was friggin' awesome, man. The uh, and they were just getting ready for the fight, and we had already seen that guy beat someone's ass. So it wasn't like the situation that we were we were gonna be like, oh, this he was is the guy happen. from My Bodyguard that he wasn't it the guy from My Bodyguard no. that he got to fight. That guy from My Bodyguard was, I mean, in the eighties, in the eighties, he was like fifteen. So I I doubt that was him. <laughs> no, no, the, the which hired the you're talking about the uh, the Baldwin guy, Adam Baldwin. No, who else from uh, Adam Baldwin? So Matt Dillon. Was bullying the little kid. The little yeah. kid befriended Baldwin guy, yeah. and then, and Matt, then Dillon. Matt Dillon brought in the bald. Oh, I forgot who he brought his, in. Took his bike and pushed it in the yeah. Water. I forgot about that. Oh, you're talking about the that bald guy that looks like he looks like the guy from uh, from Raise the Lost Ark, but he's not uh, the guy that fought him. But uh, this guy in, the, uh, in Hard Times, he's yeah. done a bunch of movies. Yeah, I've he seen has. His face. He I, he has. What's that? What's the big movie I know him from? Damn. I can't. Uh, well, I got a hard time looking up, so I can check it out. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about? Uh... So he basically, you know, Coburn wants to partner with him. He's like, his his guy just got his ass handed to him. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His guy just got his ass handed to him. So. Cannonball Run. <laughs> Cannonball Run. Yeah, was, was his Cannonball his run? big movie. He's from Massachusetts. From Little Mass. Everybody in is from Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a staple in like the Fall Guys, Silver Spoons, A Team. Yeah, he, he made his career. Made his ra- rounds. Yeah, Chips, a... Fantasy Island. Oh, man, that's fun. They did them intimidating. All. <laughs> yeah, enforcer. Dude. Yeah, he was great. So he, James Coburn. So it becomes this elaborate scheme of how can he break him into the scene? But they want a. He wants a huge payday right yeah. away, so he borrows money from a loan shark. Coburn's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a gambler. Piece of shit. Oh yeah, yeah. And Bronson just wants to. Yeah, make, make money. his money and yep. get the fuck out of town. Yeah. 
and and people try keep trying to like snatch him away. They were like, "Oh shit, some I I had the the strongest fighter in town, and now I don't." Yeah. Want, because you just beat his ass in front of everybody, <laughs> so it, it made sense that they were trying to all steal the other person's kind of, uh, uh, you know, fighter fighter from them. So, it, and it was that whole element of the depression going on too. So it was an interesting thing. Like these weren't guys like uh, in modern day who were just crazy who wanted to fight. They wanted to fight so they could have food foodie. on the table <laughs> and food their and kids and yeah. pay for their he was paying a buck 50 a month a week for rent yeah oh that was great man <laughs> i remember watching i was like buck 50 damn that's good <laughs> three to four six dollars a month for rent yeah so it, so five thousand dollars is what bronson wanted to make mm. to get out of town yeah and uh it, i mean it was very entertaining the fighting was done well yeah but it wasn't super graphic it wasn't no, that brawl wasn't, on it wasn't cell block 99 but it was good. Like that last what was the last fight was like fifteen minutes long. Or yeah, something. Uh, and it was a short movie. It was only one, like an hour and a half. Out Walter Hill's right at a one thirty, one minute thirty three, uh, one hour thirty three minutes for almost all his movies. I think. I think that's his money spot, and he's still hitting it. Uh, there's one thing that Walter Hill does uh, did that was one of our both of our favorites that uh, I should uh, kick off uh, between like. I'll mention it. Well, I don't want to forget about it, so I'll mention it now. He had directed one of our favorite Tales from the Crypt episodes. Oh, which one? The one with the uh, the same guys he uses in all his movies. He used Lance Henriksen, and he uses Kevin Ty. Uh, oh, Chop Poker. The Chop Poker, man. <laughs> Cutting Cards was actually Cutting the name cards. of it, but the, the, it should have been Chop Poker. It makes no sense. I thought it was, it was called Chop Poker. It's weird. I always thought it was, but it's Cutting Cards, but the game is Chop Poker. It's weird. I would have called it Chop Poker. It was great. If you if you don't know what Tales from the Crypt Chop Poker is, pull it up. It'll be the best 20 minutes you spent uh, today. It's, it's such a great, great I story. I just remember him pushing the checkers with his yeah, nose yeah. at the end. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's about, <laughs> uh, you. Uh, it's about two degenerate gamblers that just want to one-up each other, and uh, they play a game where you get your finger chopped off if you lose the hand, and it just keeps going back and forth, back and forth. And it is. But then it went it on gruesome. to Russian, Russian roulette. Yeah, oh, man. Like, it started with Russian roulette. Oh, it, it, didn't, it didn't work that well, so they moved it on, but it had that great Walter Hill feel, man, and having Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen's a badass. Uh, and this was day, like that was like right like before a, Johnny Handsome that he had done. He's a small too. guy, but he was always oh he was jacked. jacked for his size. Yeah, like he Friggin', was. Uh, Cameron wanted to use him as a Terminator. I mean, he was yeah, like you said, he's he's probably he a slight five, man, probably he's five, probably eight, five eight, yeah, hundred and forty pounds, yeah. fifty pounds, but, but he, he was, was one hundred and thirty five like, pounds of muscle. Yeah, he's like the, I can see every vein on his arm. Yeah, <laughs> he'll always Loved be him. Pumpkinhead. Really? That's what you go to when you think of Lance? Yeah. yeah. There's so much I go through when I think of Lance. I mean, I, Bishop, obviously. Yeah, but. Bishop is what I think of a little, but I think I think cutting cards a lot, too. He says, I think I'm going to take your fingers and pickle them. Keep them on my, <laughs> keep them on my, uh, my mantle. <laughs> so great. So yeah, what was your uh, favorite thing on Hard Times? Was it the fighting? I mean, the, it had a hero story where, like, I just like the idea... Of, you know, whether he was going to come back at the end and rescue. Because they were going to kill him. He had borrowed... Yeah, James Coburn was really... And he probably had never played that role before as, like, that scumbag. I think he is... And maybe that was kind of the animosity. I I think it was a slight animosity on the set. But maybe it was because he was not getting first billing like he used to. Because probably a couple years earlier that... Or if... Uh, if Charles Bronson wasn't available, that role probably would have went to uh, James Coburn. And he was Coburn was 
fam- famous before. Oh yeah. Was. oh yeah. Wasn't yeah. he doing westerns and something? Uh, James Coburn. I think they probably were famous around the same exact time because they were both. But in, did he come up through the western? I think so. movies. And and. I'm not 100% sure, but I know James Coburn had started. There's a great Coburn story where, <clears throat> I guess, uh, Joey Diaz had done, uh, the uh, stamp comedian had done a uh, a role with him in one of his movies. Joey had done so many different, like, crappy movies. He, but he says, I had done one with James Coburn. And he said it was invaluable. He says, I had done it. The scene with him, he came up afterwards and he says, hey, you're, you're pretty good. He says, do you have, uh, do you go to uh, acting classes? He's like, yeah, yeah, I go to acting classes. He's quit. He's like, quit today. He's like, he's like, really? He's he's like, you got natural instinct, and there you are. We're gonna rob you of that. He says, so yeah. so stop doing it today. He says, I quit that day. He's James Coburn. James Coburn tells, you to, tells, tells you, to you to quit, quit acting school. He says, I do it. <laughs> Tell me to go you kill want my more cowbell. You better give it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta give it to him, man. Uh, speaking, I don't want to go too far off, but there was a, a great thing that hit yesterday uh, that I'm sure we'll be talking about uh, when the movie uh, drops. I've been going down a Burt Kreischer rabbit hole big time. Mm-hmm. I've watched The Cabin. Have you watched The Cabin on uh-huh. Netflix? It's funny. It's only five episodes, and it's it's him uh, where the his, first episode. His stand-up's is, pretty funny. Yeah, his stand-up's great, but the, uh, the, uh, I love his podcast. I listen to the Bill Burt. I listen to Two uh, Bears in a Cave, which is him and Tom Segura, which is hilarious. If you're looking for a Two good podcast other than Fascinated with Friends. <laughs> oh, Fascinated with Films? Who's Fascinated with Friends? You Man, got I haven't podcast? done that in a long time. <laughs> uh, check out Two Bears in a Cave. It's really great with Burt Kreischer. Well, Burt Kreischer had everyone thinking he was going to... Uh, you've seen his stand-up before? I have. He always takes his uh, shirt off and everything, and he's famous for the sketch, The Machine. And I'll have to send you the clip later. You'll laugh your ass off. It's like an 11-minute scene, and it's so great. It's the one he's most famous for. When he goes out in public, people scream, The Machine! To him, that's what he's known as, The Machine. Okay. I'm sure And I've it's the it. whole story. Well, yes, he had everyone fooled on uh, Two Bears in a Cave that he was going to rehab. Because all he does is drink, drink like shitloads like he is gonna kill himself he's not careful but every, he's kind of known for that so he's like I'm going to rehab a, and everything a family and yesterday yeah he's got two girls and the, he's, he, he FaceTimes about them a lot he FaceTimes them on the podcast you ever heard his uh, Korea constantly bit when he went to he went to his daughter's school and he sends her a private school and it's like 98% Korean oh no I haven't seen that it's funny but he, so he came out yesterday on Twitter, and he's he's in front of a camera on in a, like an airport and everything, and he's like, "I got something to reveal to you. I'm not going to rehab." So I can't believe you people are thinking I'm going to rehab. You know, I'm not going to stop drinking and doing drugs. He's like, "I'm going to Serbia with," uh, and this guy's playing my dad. Mark Hamill comes on screen, and they're doing the Machine movies uh, about Burt Kreischer's life, and Mark Hamill is playing his dad. And Mark uh, Hamill, almost the same time, put something out on Twitter. He's he's on a private plane. He's got his little dog. He he flies with his old dog he says i got my little dog here he's like i'm gonna i want to tell you everybody I, he says, i can't really tell you what i'm doing in here and everything and in the background you see bert walk out with his big gut drinking a drinking a beer in like the hallway and he looks at his oh sorry i didn't know you were filming <laughs> <laughs> yes he did. And he says, all right there'll, there'll be more about this project coming in the future so i'm very excited to hear about the the machine movie uh starring bert kreischer uh but yeah that was my james coburn story uh story with joey diaz so uh, Hard Times was great. I love it. Great end fight. Beat each other, beat their each other's asses off. I couldn't imagine bare knuckle fighting. I couldn't imagine doing it with gloves. Bare knuckles. I mean, what happens? You like one punch, you break a knuckle, and then well, you just got to continue. Yeah. The, <laughs> I guess. the the thing is, and people will tell you this to do that stuff. It doesn't hurt until after. I mean, it hurts during, but yeah. it really hurts after. I like, guess after about five punches, sort of, yeah. And your hands get numb. I've only been in a couple of fights, and I didn't lose. I've never but had I to don't punch like, anybody in the face. I, that's for sure. 
I've punched one person in the face before one time and then and it stopped the yeah. fight. <laughs> That's what you hope. <laughs> Says I hope this is just the end of it. <laughs> I've been punched in the face a few times too. Yeah. It didn't hurt his in fact one time I did the same technique that bald guy did is when that guy was fighting him on the ship. Yeah. But the first time he oh, would put, put his, his head, head down. down. Oh yeah, yeah. And the guy was punching the top of his head and hurting his knuckles. Yeah. So like, you crazy. can take a big you can take a couple of some people got hard heads man yeah my friend uh ed remember big ed oh yeah he headbutted people and he would put them on the ground really yeah i saw him headbutt someone once and their legs gave out and just fell on the ground i was like oh shit crumple (laughs) yeah yeah, that's what it was too all right let's go to this next one man so we're gonna jump forward here to 1979 this movie i didn't appreciate when i was young i had to watch it when i was older and now when i watched it and even older i had to watch it two or three times but by the third time like all right i get this movie now and it's awesome because it's very campy and cheesy and it's i think it's based on a graphic novel uh west side story without the dancing yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all I, the it's gangs. The, it's in it's New a York gangland. City. It's like gangs in New York, basically. Yeah. But all the gangs are are gathered are going to be gathered around this one place in like this park in like it might have been Central Park. It might have been. And this else. was a period piece, right? Wasn't it? It was the eight. Like, I mean, it was seventy nine. It felt seventy nine. Okay. And the the Warriors is the name of the of the main kind of group were were following Who's the, the star gang members. Of this? I know it was James big... Remar is the only person you'd probably know from the yeah. movie. He was he was probably Walter Hale's first fucking guy that he carried through a lot of his movies because he ended up using Remar again. And uh, Forty Eight Hours is one of my favorite Remar uh, films where he's the bad guy. And then every time he comes on screen, I have to refer to him as Dexter's dad because so my wife will know who he is. That's I was right. like, that's Dexter's dad. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming funny, he's coming it's back funny too. How you, it's funny how you get. Yeah, I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're. They left it so open, more open than most TV shows. So yeah, and he, he still looks. He good. just got on his boat, and yeah. you didn't know what happened to him. Well, he went to Alaska, and he was like a fisherman. In oh, Alaska. that's right. That did his yeah. show. That yeah, they just he's just a fisherman in Alaska, and that's it. So it'll you be know, interesting to see where they go. Alaska's full of serial killers. And since it's, <laughs> sorry, Alaska, <laughs> they're gonna have to do those flashbacks with him and his dad. Uh, his dad's gonna have to be a little older. <laughs> you ever so. seen the? Um, Cusack, John Cusack. Played, Speaking of which, I just he played that. a serial killer. Oh, um, the it was a real guy in Alaska. He was a baker in Alaska. I think Cusack's done a lot of movies that I have a, not yeah, seen. It was like a, I mean, there was a couple of people in the movie, but there it was Robert, not Robert Blake, but the, it was the name is like that. He was a baker that would kidnap women, take him in his plane. He had a little plane that could land on water yeah. and so he'd go hunting in these remote places and you'd take him out there and let him loose and you'd just chase after him and shoot him and oh, kill him. Oh, interesting. Well, I'll have to check that out. I just bought that Love and Mercy Oh yeah, uh, with Paul Dano. Yes, I haven't gonna, seen it yet. You're it, love it, that popped, movie. it popped up for like $2.48 yeah, you're gonna and I like, didn't know what it was. I had to look it up and I was like, oh, this is the movie Dave's talking because that's a weird name. I mean, who would have fucking thought that that BG's movie, unless it's I, the name of one of the songs. It must be, it has something to do with one of the songs yeah. because I found that you yesterday. feel really, really bad bad for uh brian wilson yeah when you're yeah. watching this like his um, who plays brian wilson paul dano plays him as he's young okay and what's his name Kusak plays, plays him, when he's, him when he's old oh interesting i didn't realize that. and they cut him together yeah so you're seeing him and he's super creative and when there's dano and then they got him all drugged yeah. out to keep him on tour like his basically being controlled by all his managers That's and interesting people I, and it, it, it was like god they're totally using this 
this guy. <laughs> like, I'm interested to check it out. Show pony, like get me on the stage. My, that my guy down south who sells DVDs, man. I tell yeah, you, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't look at what's valuable or not. Yesterday he dropped a thirty dollar DVD that I've been looking for for like ten years, and uh, he usually puts his DVDs up for four dollars, and then if you can wait a half hour, he'll drop them to two dollars and eighty cents. But if it's if it's th- it. if it's that good, I'm not waiting a half hour. I'll pay the four dollars. So he dropped uh, body parts yesterday with Jeff oh, Fahey. I, I remember that. I was like, cover. oh my god, they had like the stitches. Yeah, the black cover. God, I love body parts. I saw it in the theater, man. It was one of. Speaking of big edit, was one of his. He was the only guy I knew who was like the biggest Jeff Fahey fan. Yeah, I was like, I love Jeff Fahey, but I don't know anyone who laughs who loves. And that's the one where. It was a tr- people got transplants yeah, of yeah. all the guys different parts and then they started uh, a murderous. Brad Dorf had his arm. Oh, he, he was the he painter. Was, he was the painter. Some yeah. other guy got his legs and, and Jeff Fahey got his arm. He was trying to choke his wife, man. Yeah. It was a good horror movie. People forget good, about that. Can't movie, be, but it was all right, let's go back to Warriors, all man. Right. So we, got, Warriors. we got off on a uh, <laughs> we got off on a Remar uh thing. So all the groups in all of New York are all traveling the subways to all get to this one meeting of all the gangs. And it was going to be this one guy. There wasn't a lot of cops in the uh, <laughs> No, it wasn't a lot of people either. It was like literally gang members and that's it. They must have had just closed sets and he just put the uh, gang members in there. So they're all going to the same place. And, uh, oh, David Patrick Kelly's the other famous guy, the, the tiny guy from uh, Twin Peaks. Okay. And uh, he's also, he plays Luther in 48 Hours and he's he's one of the main mob bosses in in Last Man Standing. Uh, he, he's great, David Badger Kelly. <clears throat> I always uh, dug him, but he was one of the uh, instigators. So what happens was this one like leader of everyone who was going to bring all the gangs together and everything, he's up there talking and everything, and he, everyone's cheering, and then all of a sudden David Patrick Kelly shoots him. And then shoots him and then turns to the Warriors. And he says, the Warriors did it. I saw the Warriors do it. Get him. Get him. And they're sitting there going, what the fuck are you talking about? And then someone swings a punch and that's how it gets. And they have to run away. And just just like that, everyone thinks the Warriors just killed this guy. So at that point, all they need to get, do is get back to their territory. But they have to fight every gang in like New York to get back there. It was kind of, it had like it's a pretty John, easy to see how this script got green-lighted. Yeah, it was kind of had a John Wick uh, kind of feel to it and john wick 2 there was a uh it might even been three uh in one of the john wicks there was an there was like uh they did it did it several times they sent like a text message across to all the uh to the assassins jason Bourne, uh, something like that they were (laughs) but they were like there's like like a hundred thousand of them like of those assassins and like john wick can't even look to the side without seeing somebody and i think it was 15 million dollars whoever can kill john wick so everyone's after him and that's kind of the feel for the warriors uh but the music for it was awesome i i should mention that some of the music it had a soundtrack right uh, man some of these soundtracks like, on no they had like a, a title score. song right oh it has score maybe yeah I, it probably had some songs on there too but i think it was mainly the score i love the scores for most of uh walter hill's films well, my favorite composer of all time is james horner James Horner did my two favorite scores by James Horner is Aliens and Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. But he did both 48 Hours movies, and those scores were so good. I had him on yesterday, the scores, and uh, one of my favorite things to do with my wife is to just and it and it engages her because I, I love doing this. Is it one of her favorite things? Yeah, she actually enjoys oh, okay. it. So I'll, I'll put a movie on or I'll put a soundtrack on, and I will have her identify all the instruments to me because I have no fucking clue. Even when she tells me, you would think I would learn by by doing this with her for like 20 times of what a saf- sacrif- saxophone sounds like and what is not a saxophone and what's a flute and everything. But every time I'm like, I, I can't even guess it. 
So I'm like, what who is does that sound? The, who does the score? For Warriors? Yeah. I'm not sure. Because they had a soundtrack with 10 songs. Big songs? Joe Walsh. Oh, nice. This one guy, Barry Dvorzen, <laughs> did about half of them. Someone's brother. Well, he did about half the well, songs. So maybe, cousin Barry? maybe he's... <laughs> you don't have a cousin Barry. <laughs> well, then I ain't paying you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Warriors was fun, man. It was like what you think it would be. There's all obviously a level of cheesiness in there, and there there really is like two good actors in a group of like bad actors. These kids that acted in this stuff had never done anything like before or since. Yeah. So they had some he lines. Saved money that on the he saved oh, money shit, on yeah. the casting, but it is a cult following. You can tell watching it that this is one of those things that they open a movie theater, yeah. uh, in the middle of uh, nowhere, and people will just crowd to and it. Pat and Oswald. Do you hear about the arc light gonna close? I did. I think uh, Pat Hallswell was talking about it. I heard him talk about one of those guys is going to buy it. Uh, he I went to Quentin... a monster. He had a story about taking his girlfriend at the time to this twenty-four hour monster oh, nice. marathon, and like at three yeah. in the morning, she's like, "This is stupid. I want to leave." And he's, like, <laughs> and he's like, "All right, see ya." They said it's the only place you you can go and you can uh, you can watch like an old movie or something, and then just turn over and see Melanie Griffith there watching a movie too. And apparently, yeah, it's it's going under. But I think a big celebrity is going to win. I. Quentin Tarantino bought another theater where that was going to happen, and I, he loves this uh, this theater. If you're not familiar with the ArcLight, it's one of the most famous LA attractions. It's got that dome, mm-hmm. and it's got the uh, the cool uh, sign. But even once upon a time in Hollywood, the ArcLight's on the poster, <laughs> so it would be surprised if one of these guys who has just a buttload of money like is it the Leo theater or, that uh, what's her name went in and watched her maybe. That might be that might have been it actually. I'd have to go back and look because it was one of those things that I've. If you pull up the picture of it, the arc light in L.A., you, you might not recognize it. Uh, me telling you, but if you pull the picture up, you'll recognize it. If I never have to go out to L.A. ever, yeah, know. it doesn't. You would think I being, drove around it. Yeah, you would think being movie fanatics, we would be interested in it. And I was like, no. I even movie New guys, York. I, I feel more of a movie connection to New York. Yeah, like seeing. Like, oh man, this is where they filmed that yeah. scene from that movie. Or this is when they and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And you have that feeling. And uh, like what I, I like about New York, you don't need a filming permit if you don't have a tripod. Interesting. You can film on any street in New York without a film permit as long as you don't have a. I mean, you can't shut down traffic. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if you want to do a walking scene. I mean, that's just. That's why guerrilla filmmaking is easy there. And that's why so many actors are leaving LA now, too. And now with this. Um, this uh, Tech. shit in uh, in Georgia. They're not going to oh, stay yeah, in yeah, Georgia. Yeah, Will Smith the, just pulled Will his. Pulled his so we'll, we'll see uh, Which what is happens good. with that. You know, they should be some... If you got the power. They want to pass a trans ban here in... You're just going to screw yourself. In Florida, and the NCAA is like, well, you'll never host a tournament yep. again. Yep. And that, so, people have to... It's a shame that big corporations and the people of power have to kind of uh, keep people in check. But hey... I mean, I mean, sorry. You only change. You're things. not going to be inclusive. You got to hit people in their pocketbooks yeah. to really change things. It's sad that that has to be. You can't um, just appeal to people on a on an emotional level. Yeah. But if you're like, all right, I'm taking money out of your pocket. Oh yeah. Explain to your citizens why we're doing this. Yep. I'm all about inclu- uh, inclusivity, and if you're not going to give it to everybody, sorry, you can't have nice things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these things being pulled by from actors who who want to talk smack and then do a Disney film. Sorry, you're doing a Disney movie. If you valued your job, you would have kept your da- yeah. damn mouth shut. You, you know how many die-hard, probably crazy right-wing actors there are that you would never know because mm-hmm. they are not opening their fucking yeah. mouth. Their publicist <laughs> says, yeah. 
You don't talk to anybody yep. until you talk to me. He was like, you want me to show you how things are going for uh, James Woods and Mel Gibson's? He's, you still want to talk smack? And that Mandalorian girl, Gina. Yeah, Gina Car- uh, Carino. 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 Uh, I mean, that was the one I was talking about with Disney. Listen, you can speak your mind yeah. all you want. Just, I don't care. Just but you're going to... Gonna- you're going to pay the price if yeah. you say something that's... Especially if you work for Disney. Come yeah. on, dude. What did you expect? Disney, shut your mouth. Yeah. Shut your mouth. The mouse is paying you money. Yeah. <laughs> Take your paycheck. You could probably even say it to the Disney people behind I mean, closed doors. And that's kind of why James Woods is doing it now. I mean, he, he could have had a continued career all the way until he was older, but I think he's got enough money that he's like, fuck it, and I'll just live my life and, and talk what I will. And he's not going to get another role in anything big. If Mel can't get it, they're not going to get it to Woods because Woods has got multiple. Someone needs to start. He's got multiple. Someone problems. needs to start a canceled channel. Yeah. That's and self-funded and puts only people on that have sh- been canceled. It's a shame. Like I watched The Hard Way the other day. That was one of the movies I got yeah, from my guy down south, great. which is a it's it's an awesome movie. But I'm like, this is a damn shame, man. Especially since you know, back in the day, Michael J. Fox would have never worked with him yeah. if, if that. I mean, was the Digstown case. is in my top fifty. Uh, yeah, Digstown's a great movie. I mean, that's why I got a. a, a I'll. Oh. I'll personally cancel them with their new movies coming out, but the old movies, I'm not going to do that. There's so many people involved if in those movies. you touch kids, I'll never watch your movie yeah. again. If but, you're generally But even if it's one person in the movie, and... we're, like, we're like not watching a movie that was made by a thousand people because of one person in the movie yeah. and everything. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of a difficult situation. But the Warriors, like, catapulted... Walter Hill in, into like cult status at least like I said people are still doing that playing that movie at like the Arclight and all those different places <clears throat> Southern Comfort was one that kind of went under the radar but it was like his first kind of film that he worked with an all star cast it must have I been mean, a miserable film set it, it looked like a miserable <laughs> film set it, it was in the swamps of like Louisiana and uh, all the bad guys who played the the kind of like hillbillies were all famous character actors and all the guys uh who played like the military guys were all famous also character actors at the time. This was a great story. It was very similar, like you said, to Deliverance. These uh, military guys were in the swamps doing like, uh, they were like the reserves doing a yeah, uh, weekend training d- session just doing to get their exercises their, and everything. They probably have to do, they probably have to fulfill a yeah. quota every month. They had uh, machine guns on them, but they were all filled with blanks and they had like maps and they had to get across to a certain place and to do this. And it was just like weekend warrior Don't steal type people's though. boats. Uh, Isn't yeah, that how it trip this off? Yeah, that's what it was. The uh, the canoe. They they realized they they were looking at their map and the challenges they had to go through. We should mention so some of the military guys. So we've got Peter Coyote. Yeah. We have uh, the guy who played the FBI agent later. Uh, the Car- uh, uh, Keith Carradine. Mm-hmm. Is it Keith? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Keith mm-hmm. Carradine. Fire start. Fire starter. Uh, no. That's Fire starter. That's uh, David. Uh, that's the guy that I always confuse with the black guy from uh, Men at Work. Oh, okay. Keith what? David. Keith David. David, David Keith. <laughs> David Keith is the other guy. So, yeah, he's not in this. This would have been a great name of this movie. would have been uh, The Weekend Warriors if he just hadn't finished The Warriors. That would have been a great uh, word name for this uh, movie. Yeah. The, but, the, the name and title didn't really Yeah, Southern Comfort, you really didn't uh, realize what it was. Except it was in the South. So, you also have Fred Ward was in it. Yep. The, the guy from Remo. Uh, The Heavenly Kid was in it. He was great. Uh, Brian. So, the bad guys were Brian James, Sonny Landon. Who's the Native American guy from uh, Predator? Brian James is uh, from Blade Runner and uh, the Iceman. You can ruin uh, another forty-eight hours, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brian James, who was in the horror show, you'd recognize him immediately if you pull him up. And then Blade uh, Runner was was the first time I ever saw him. Yeah, yeah, Blade Runner for sure. And then he's like, "What's a turtle?" Yeah. (laughs) Why am I flipping him over? (laughs) The uh, and then Alan Graff, who. 
everyone knows Alan Graff and he's getting a lot of these movies here. He uh he went on he was a offensive lineman oh, yeah. for like the undefeated like uh, damn, I can't remember the team. It says on his bio. But he Dolphins went he went on to uh, no it was a uh, it was a SEC game or a NCAA oh, okay. uh, undefeated team. And then he went on later in life to train all the football movies. Uh-huh. He trained all the football players. So he was a staple in like the replacements and any given Sunday and all these a, other movies. He does a great chop block in uh, in number seven. He, oh, and Johnny Handsome? Yeah. You can say the name. It's cool. Nope. They know it's Walter Hill. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you've got the bad guys and you've got the good guys. And what happens is these weekend warriors, you know, they steal a uh, canoe because they realize they get across the water quicker that way uh, without going around it and everything. And I, I guess they left a note, maybe, and then it uh, and then it kind of got away from them. Still. But then the these, like, really real deal hillbilly dudes show up as they're, like, halfway across the yeah, river. Stealing their boat. And they're... And they're screaming, we got your boats. Like, we got your friend. Yeah, we got your friend. <laughs> they're screaming, we got your boat and everything. And then the guy from Heavenly Kid raises his gun and shoots it. It, it is blanks. So he's yeah. just fucking around. But that, those guys on the that. fucking bank don't know that. So then they fire off a shot and shoot their leader, who is Peter yeah. Coyote. They mm-hmm. shoot Peter Coyote in the fucking head. Yeah. And then they are on their loose now, very deliverance style, where they're trying you don't to want, just... You can't fight an enemy on their own territory. Yeah. Afghanistan taught that. Vietnam, too. Vietnam, yeah. It was a draw. <laughs> yeah, it was a draw. <laughs> uh, those foxholes and shit. So, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. And then they start turning on each other. Uh, yeah. The, because Fred Ward Fred was Ward kind of a scumbag has, in this movie. And then someone had um, someone had a mental breakdown, one of the soldiers. Fred Ward kind of did. And They then, had to tie him to... Didn't they have to tie someone to a tree? That's right. That's right. They did have to tie someone to a tree. And then it ended up going down to them making it to... And it was, <laughs> like a hillbilly festival it, at it the end. Like a, and you're like... How's this gonna play out? And it looked like the real deal. Like they yeah, hired locals yeah. to do this. They, went they to were a, like slaughtering. They a found pig. a hillbilly festival yeah. and then they just filmed it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they really slaughtered a pig on camera. It, it was yeah. similar to the Apocalypse Now yep. thing. And I remember watching this as a kid, and they're like, they're like gutting the pig, and his intestines come out, and yeah. then they realize that the hillbillies that have been hunting them are at the party and everything. And it was it was stressful, but it was really really good. Yep. It was one of those movies that most people saw later after it come out and been like, have you Not heard? Many of, of them made it out of there alive. Either. No, I so, maybe one or two of them and everything. Yeah. And these were like well known guys. So if you haven't seen Southern Comfort, go back and check it out. It's really really good. Yep. a lot better than I thought <laughs> it would be for sure. All right, now this next one. One of my favorite action comedies ever, man. 1982's 48 Hours. Now we can start fresh. Oh, God. <laughs> I was for the basketball. Now that now that you're confusing another 48 Hours. That's another 48 Hours. Uh, I'm going to do that all the Yeah, yeah. 48 Hours and another 48 movie. Hours. Certainly, uh, they kind of blend the, together. The bad guys are different. The Motorcycle Gang was number two. Yep. And James Remar James and the Remar, big Indian dude were uh, number one. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Landham, That's how James Remar, uh, Remar, and then David Patrick Kelly played Luther, who was the uh, the guy that he hit with the car door. Did that hurt when the car door hurt like that? <laughs> it, it looked like it hurt. Wasn't he in the Warriors? Uh, yeah, he was the bad guy. He was the one who assassinated the yeah, guy yeah, and like okay. covered it up. Uh, so David Patrick Kelly's always played kind of a Weasley kind of guy. He kind of looks like a Weasley type guy, too. So it was pretty cool. So some of my favorite stuff in 48 Hours... Is the, uh, what do you call it? The score, man. The score is so good in this movie, man. I love James Horner, man. Something about James Horner's music just does something. My my skin just starts like uh, goose bumping up every time he plays some of the stuff. The opening to 40 Hours was awesome. Do you remember they were on the chain gang? Yeah. And Sonny Landon is, yep. is 
pulls up to rescue James Remar. Yeah. And it's a they do like a breakout. This was also like the first time and they really did it in another forty eight hours where I swear that they put the gunshot noise through like an amplifier. And this was Oh and he, he had a big gun. Yeah, and but they also used a lot of the wire work that was used Wasn't Mikey in this too from Breaking Bad? Didn't he got shot on the uh, stairs? Yeah. Jonathan Banks, really good uh, scene. That's one of my favorite scenes yeah. of any action yep. movie. Don't you give up that gun, Jack? I when I watched it the other day, I uh, I've seen it so many times, so I didn't need to watch it, but I wanted to put it on to show my uh, my wife the music, and I was like, oh, I gotta watch this scene. It's one of my favorite scenes. So, anyways, James Rumar gets rescued at the beginning of the movie by Sonny Landham, and then there are just uh, they're just two scumbags that hold up in a hotel. They get like this hooker and everything, and uh, Nick Nolte shows up with um, uh, with his partner, and then Jonathan Banks and his partner are already there. And they were like, what are you doing here? He says, well, we're going to serve this warrant. And he's like, oh, I thought we were going to do it. He says, well, you could be our backup. Let's go go in there. So they're they're walking in there, not thinking anything big. Yeah. And then... Uh, they weren't going to go quietly. They, yeah, they weren't going to go quietly is what... Uh, and they were the psychopaths. <clears throat> so they got... Uh, Jonathan Banks got shot and uh, Nick Nolte is like running up the stairs and when he runs up the stairs uh, Remar and Ladnam already kind of doubled down to the uh, to the lobby and Jonathan Banks comes out of nowhere and he's like there's two of them Jack and he goes down to the uh, to the lobby and they've already grabbed like the girl who works the lobby and they're they got this standoff and everything and they were like you give us your gun and uh, Jonathan Banks comes down the stairs firing yeah. his gun and it's blanks it's all blanks uh, or it's all like empty and then uh, Remar's like, you hand over your gun, we're going to shoot her in the head. And then Jonathan Banks is like, don't you hand over that gun. Don't you do it. And he does it. And I'm watching. I was like, I, I don't think I would hand over the you gun. You couldn't hand over the gun. You can't hand over the gun. He'd kill her anyways, yeah. and then he's going to kill you. Yeah. So it, he hands over the gun, and then James Remar immediately uh, grabs the gun, shoots Jonathan Banks in the chest. Nick Nolte, like, bolts over the desk and everything, and they run out of there. And then not only did they get away, they have Nick Nolte's gun. Well, they they realized that there's one guy that uh, was part of their gang that can help them, that can help Nick Nolte get him, and that is Eddie Murphy, and he's in jail. So they got to go to Eddie Murphy, got, has to get him that 48-hour pl- pass, and they he brings him was out. Was this Eddie then, Murphy's first action movie? I think so. It was one of his first movies. Movies. Yeah. He was great. He was awesome. The, the, the comedy is so good in this because yeah. it's it's... It doesn't take over the movie. No, and it's, it's just one-liners between him. The dynamics between the two of them. on PC. Oh like, god, you would not believe yeah. it. There were certain scenes where uh, th- they would uh, call someone the N word, and then they would use slang for uh, for a homosexual, and then they would use slang for the Native American. All in like they would like wrap it up like they were oh, trying yeah. to. Uh, but could, this was that life. You, That's why I don't have a problem with this. Even if they did that movie today, because those people exist, you know. And, yeah. And if, so and to, if you're to doing it, not as, portray them for yeah. what they are. Yeah, good or bad. Well, and that's why you can't really fault like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Un- Un- Django Unchained, and that's why they were like, "This guy is who this guy is. You have to play him to the hilt, and you can't worry about uh, <laughs> the." D.L. Hughley did a stand-up. He's like, "I know it was in the script, but it, did- <laughs> it came off his tongue really easy." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that ain't the first time he said that word. <laughs> uh, no, from what I hear, he had a problem Sorry, with that. <laughs> I think he had a problem with that. So 48 Hours was great, man. And they got they repeated a lot of the good stuff in another 48 Hours, but it was done differently enough that it was still super enjoyable. And we'll talk about another 48 Hours. But in this one, they like when they went to the Redneck Bar was one of the best. That's where Eddie Murphy. <laughs> he put his hat on and he's like making fun of all. They gave him, he gave him a chance to get some payback. Yeah, he them. had the guy that also that Walter Hill uses a lot. He used him in Brewster's Millions. He was the one who played Chuck mm-hmm. Fleming. Yep. He was the bartender. Yeah, yeah. And he, he asked, uh, he's like, can I get a drink? He's like, how about a black Russian? Oh, because I'm black, right? I get it. <laughs> and then he ends up shooting the place up and pretending he's a cop and uh, and just putting a hat on. I love I'm that gonna line. I'm going to come back here every week. There's <laughs> a new sheriff in town and his name is Reggie Hammond. <laughs> and it was just fun, man. I love when they found David Patrick Kelly and... Um, <laughs> Nick Nolte didn't trust Eddie Murphy, so he would like chain him or he would like handcuff him to the wheel of the car. Yeah. And then when David Patrick Kelly came running out, Eddie Murphy opened the car door and nailed him in the head. And then they were just like, uh, they're using him uh, because they kidnapped his girlfriend. They're all looking for money that they all stole they, together as yeah. a gang, you know. And uh, it was great, man. I loved it. And they had Eddie Murphy's Porsche at the end. Remember, they had that's where the money was being held, and it yeah. was in like a uh, parking garage. A parking garage. They had to wait until Luther went and picked the car up, and then they could go get the money. And they had that great scene in the uh, in the subway system, all the way down to that Chinatown scene at the end, man, with it, with that standoff with Nick Nolte and uh, James Remar. It was good, man. It was, it was like where action movies kind of made a switch. Where it was, or certainly action comedies. This might have been the first buddy cop movie, really. I mean, but it wasn't like. I mean, it what, was... what other buddy cop movie like of this level with action and comedy was there before but, 48 Hours? I mean, Lethal Weapon was after that, yeah. obviously, but that was that was still more campy than this yeah. was. This One was of them was a crazy on this. Yeah. Uh, those were both cops, too. So it, it was a brilliant idea. I'm surprised they haven't done a third one, to be honest with you. I mean, it would be great to see to Nolte see a third one. I mean, you got forty eight hours, another forty eight hours, and the next forty eight hours, maybe or something like that. <laughs> Nick Dalty's still doing stuff. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, he can't play that uh, that crass kind of Jack Gates character anymore. Uh, you ever want to see a transformation? Go back and and watch the one where he was the treasure hunter. Oh, in the deep. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. He looked beautiful in that movie. <laughs> he was a, <laughs> he was he a was handsome, handsome <laughs> cut, muscular, and then handsome watch, dude. That and was, then watch Affliction, <laughs> where yeah, he was the alcoholic. Like, Whoa! <laughs> it's like, that's a transformation. Or, or even like Tropic Thunder. Yeah. You want to see what drugs <laughs> and alcohol and time do, does to you, that's what it does to that you. That voice, when you thought that voice was yeah. like, like, all you women who thought his voice in like uh, The Deep or in 48 Hours was like uh, sexy and gritty, it doesn't age well. No. But certainly. Certain uh, ladies have that kind of rough voice. And I don't know the sound. Like, My Aunt Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when Aunt Margaret sounds like Joey Diaz, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got problems. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the sound it makes. It goes click. I <laughs> uh, like Nick Nolte, man. All right, now that this next one, man, 1985. This is the first time that in this the is first the biggest and only departure time, away from all the other films. It was the one movie that you were like, Walter Hill did yeah. that movie because it yeah. was it was filled with some Walter Hill actors, but you but it was filled with a lot. It's of almost people like he got. It's almost like he had people watching him for this one. Maybe, or it's just was he always wanted to do this type of type of film, and it's iconic. Literally, I mean, okay, it's 1985's Brewster's Millions. Yeah, you mentioned it first. Th- Top twenty-five. I know I say yeah. a lot of top, top, yeah. top stuff. So I don't know if you're I counting. Guilty. I don't I know if you're, that myself. I don't know if you're counting them up and say, <laughs> "Wait a minute, that's like this thirty-fifth top twenty-five movie." You have hundred top twenty-fives. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
And I love every one of them. 80% of the time, I'm right 100% of the time. <laughs> that don't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, Brewster's Millions. If you haven't seen Brewster's Millions, oh. you are missing one of the best, most clever screenplays ever made. And, it, and you, I fantasize about this happening to me. Absolutely. <laughs> if you haven't gone through it in your head of what you would do and what you wouldn't do. You know what I would have done? I'd have agreed to the game and then just taken the $30 million. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See ya. I'm not spending a penny of it for 30 days, so you can disqualify me already. But then you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering, uh, should I take in the $300 million? What the hell are you going to do with $300 million if you got Let, $30 million? Let's assume okay. the listeners don't know what the we're listeners talking Listeners have no idea what we're talking about. Give us the premise to, uh, to Brewster's Millions. Brewster's Millions is Richard Pryor yep. and John Candy, low-level... Over the hill. I mean, they were like 40s playing like double A ball. Yeah, like triple A, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. they would have never played. Hack and sack And, and uh, John Candy was about 200 pounds overweight yep. for a baseball player. Catcher. I mean, Still, it was believable gotta, that that was the... I don't know, man. Your knees would be gone. Yeah. But you're not going to put him at any other position. <laughs> designated hitter, man. Yeah, designated hitter, man. He could be big poppy. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. somebody contacts him and says, hey, you had a Uncle Rupert. You had an uncle you didn't know about from a marriage that you didn't yeah. know about. Well, they didn't even tell him that. Remember, they thought they, they were... They showed him uh, the video. Well, remember before that when they picked him up and they oh, brought they him Oh, they thought there. he was going to get pulled up to the Yankees or yeah, something. Yeah, they were right? like, oh, is it the Yankees or the Mets? They're bringing us to New York. They saw me play. And they were like, you suck. What are you? They're not going <laughs> to pull you up. <laughs> so when he gets in there, that's when he realizes, holy shit, I had a relative die. Yeah. And he said... Little did he know it was... Uh, he was old. He's like, I hate... He's Cronin. like, I spent my life with money and I'm going to make you so sick of money. He's like, here's the deal. I'll give you a million dollars right now. And that's the, it. The wimp clause. The wimp clause. Or I'll give you $30 million and you have to spend it in the next 30 days and have no assets. But if you do. But if you do, you'll get $300 million. And this was 85. Yeah. So that's insane. <laughs> I mean, one million's insane. Take the million. Yeah, really should take, like you said, take the $300 million. Uh, but... And then don't play the game, I guess. And you could just keep it. I guess I didn't even look at it that I mean, way. That's a lot of money, especially eighty-five. You know, our parents' mortgage was uh, like two eighty-five, two hundred eighty-five dollars a month. Yeah, that's crazy. in eighty-five. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Good luck with that today. Uh, <laughs> I made that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just made my mortgage. <laughs> so yeah. So and well, one of the the things the. The rules of the game is he can't tell anybody about it. Yeah, that was the genius one. You could tell the script people put a lot of thought. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. somebody's like, wait a minute. Yeah. What about this? And he's like, okay, okay. How about... We're going to have somebody yeah. following him around because why wouldn't he have just gone and bought all the stamps? Yeah. Like, he remember he b- spends $1 million on a rare stamp and he sends a postcard to Yeah, yeah. His... he mails it so it's not worth anything. Yeah. That, that was what the clever part was because he <clears> had to figure out ways of... Of uh, they and he told them they said you can't buy Picasso's and just burn them. You can't destroy yeah, what is inherently really valuable. valuable. And they it, gave him an accountant. Uh, yeah, that Drake woman who followed yeah. him around, who uh, kept track of every single penny yeah. he spent. And uh, a lot of great cameos in this movie. You have the uh, the who's guy, the boyfriend? The boyfriend is the guy from Seventh Heaven that got caught with like underage girls. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he, his career was over. Back. Yeah, he was in Seventh Heaven. He was also in the first uh, Star Trek movie. That was all I saw him in. But uh, now he's yeah, uh, he, now he, he's he, behind. He bars. was a scumbag in this movie. So it's one of those movies that's over. easy to watch when you have a, a scumbag later yeah, in life scumbag. playing a scumbag in a movie. It's like I can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you have uh, that black guy from Volunteers played uh, his security guard, yeah. and you've got yep. that uh, that grizzly guy that uh, drove the cab uh, in the and movie. The, and uh, who's the photographer? 
uh, that's the guy who, run, who oh, drove yeah. the okay, cab. Okay. Oh no, no, the, uh, Yakov Smirnov drove What's the cab. The, cab? <laughs> the guy with the camera was I the love guy. Love America. Was the guy that I, <laughs> that you always confuse with Frank Pesh, yep. but it's not. Uh, he, he's in a lot of movies, and uh, even like. Um, What's his, Rick Moranis had that one role in the movie. He came in as that guy who was going to uh, repeat himself. I'm like a Xerox machine. Oh, Everything right. you say, I guarantee it will be repeated. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Choke this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great, great film, man, because you just, through the whole movie, you're like, I can't wait to see what he's spending. He he goes he to runs, the city street. And yeah. He's like, you all want to go to lunch? And he takes them all to lunch, yeah. and then he opens up all the, uh, he, he goes to a wine gala and then shocks everyone by opening all the uh, wine bottles and because it's obviously... It's valuable, but it's made for drinking, so it's a brilliant thing. He yep. he could have just stuck with one of these things and just done yeah, it every day. Yeah, but it wouldn't have made for a good movie. But, yeah, it wouldn't have made for a good Overpaying movie. people for and jobs. And there was a bunch of good stuff in there, like, because John Candy didn't know what he, he was doing, he was trying to make him money. Remember yeah, he made that him one that money? scene where he, like, where he, he and his partner were like, we're going to put diesel engines on the back of an iceberg, yeah. and we're going to sail it to a foreign country, and then... So he comes back and they made... Well, they were pissed at him at first. They were like, this thing is going to melt. He says, you're going to waste a million dollars on this thing. He's like, don't worry. I says, I want I want to try it. I think uh, starving people in Africa are going to get use this water. He says, there's no ice in Africa. And then it turns out that it ended up making like $10 million. $10 million, $10 million, $10 million. <laughs> yeah, they had... He had... And he had just spent... 10 million yeah, so he was like, like a he, third of the way there and then he made it all back and he's like holy shit and then he realized that the best way to make money was to be part of a uh, a political campaign yeah so he runs he, a political he, campaign he tries to be governor none of the above but he was the, that was the thing because he, he can't win because if he wins it, it comes it, with a $400,000 so he can't do it man this comes all the way down to that last cup like three minutes in the movie man it was super yep. exciting watching he, the movie yeah he gets so fast I, I always watched it as a kid, I, I always wanted to go another five minutes where he could tell John Candy. I, I would have loved to have seen John Candy's face uh, when he told him. But but he so he 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 rented his he rented his who was the woman that was redoing his office? Yeah, she was great. She was too. from a sitcom. I, no, I think she's. Uh, I think it's the girl from uh, Orange Is New Black, isn't it? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's the one who played Red in yeah. Orange Is New Black. She was also she's, in Remo. She was a little grizzly at the. Uh, Oh yeah, she she they on aged purpose, her up though. on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the she was in Deep Space Nine, I think, or one of those shows. But uh, he's walking to the lawyer's office because he he he's did not it. He, he did it. Not spo- he thought he did it. He spent the thirty million. He's only supposed to have the, the clothes shirt on his back. On, shirt on his back. So they everyone he rented all his clothes. Him. Yeah, they took a collection for yeah. him, and he he's like, I can't take it. it. Can't take it. Can't tell you why. I just remember like the the guard was like getting everybody to donate money, and then they the shake down the photographer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, but he goes great. up there, and then that scumbag comes in the elevator. He's like, "Oh, the furniture that you ordered didn't come through, and they had a twenty thousand dollar deposit. So you're yeah. not broke. Here's your money back yeah. on purpose, too. On purpose. Because... They and uh, so he went in the room, and they were like, "We see that you have some assets." And he's like, "You guys are setting me up." Yeah. He's like, "I'm gonna sue both of you." And he's like, "You need a lawyer." And so the girl that was doing yeah, his great. accounting. He's like, I'm not a lawyer yet. He's like, well, I'll give you a $20,000 retainer so you can become a lawyer. You're going to need a receipt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, and then they're right like the, the clock. And then the, I like the one dude is like, I suspect. If... Yeah. Pat Hingle. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> I, I felt 
watching it, I'm like, why did they tell these old people that if he fails, they get the money? Because, you know, that's going to yeah. just lead to shady shit here yeah. and everything. One of them was uh, the guy from Bewitched, like Darren's boss, was one of those oh, two yeah, old yeah, guys, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 he was good. Love Bruce's Millions. Bruce's Millions is one movie you could put on anytime and just enjoy the hell in out of it. In any year. Yep. It doesn't age. It doesn't age. And I hope they don't make a remake. They don't really need to. There's too to. many... There's too many plot holes to end up fucking with it, you know, because there is a few. Like you said, you could have easily just opened all the wine and, and the movie would have been over, but it's yeah. not going to be fun. So. so next movie, love this movie, man. Absolutely love it. It's uh, I watch it all the time. I own the Blu-ray. I probably watch it once a year. And that's 1988's Red Heat. Um, One of my favorite Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. My, well, it, it would be my, even though Terminator, Terminator wasn't. Total Recall and Running Man are up there. They're up Predator. there, but this is, oh, God, he's done so this one movies. is more my type of movie. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I like cop movies. I like drama. He's not a great actor. He's a great uh, action star. You know, he's a great movie star. Yeah, more than he's he is a, and an he's actor. a good presence on screen. Yeah, so him playing you know, that stoic Russian kindergarten cop is not <laughs> yeah. the movie I go to. Whatever. I love kindergarten cop. It's one of Eric's favorites. Believe <laughs> it or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Red Heat. I love James Bellucci. James Bellucci was awesome. This movie was filled with Walter Hill guys, man. Ed, Ed, uh, Ed but it Ross. had the same kind of chemistry as 48 Hours as far as yep. comedy action mix with the two stars, one making fun of each other, yep. sort of like in two different worlds that had to come together to get something done. Yep. So, I mean, Ed definitely... Ross did a great job as the villain in this. You really thought he was Russian. Oh, yeah. And he was in... That uh, opening scene. He was in another 48 Hours. Scene. He was the one that they thought at the... Uh, uh, <laughs> They thought Brian James was. Uh, they thought Ed Ross was the Iceman before it was revealed that Brian James was in, in another Forty Hours, and that's who uh, Ed Ross is. I I thought he was Russian forever, and then I actually saw him play a Russian in um, Six Feet Under, the TV show, mm -hmm. and I was like, maybe he just is really good at doing that accent. Maybe so, man. I mean, some people <laughs> because can just I I like the man, they got this Russian actor to play uh, in Red Heat, and I was like, no, it's not. Do you remember the opening of Red Heat? That's what I was. I said that a minute ago. Oh, I was did like you? The, yeah. Go for Where it. You? <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, the opening it, it was a fight, right? In yeah. the, in the it well, it spilled started, out from the sauna yeah. into the snow. Mm -hmm. Russian sauna, men and women completely naked, just huge, just chilling in the, the sauna and everything. And then one guy attacks uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they go through like the wall, and then the whole the fight is like in the snow. And that's like the commercial for the TBS guys who likes uh, who action movies for guys who likes movies. You're seeing like Schwarzenegger was punching it a in the snow. Movie? Like he killed this guy's brother, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. His partner. Well, no, 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 no. I see what you're saying. They, it was like a cocaine deal. It wasn't they. Uh, Schwarzenegger was after Ed Ross because of uh, the he killed his partner in Russia and yeah. everything. So, because right after this had happened, we saw that scene. He just wants to. That scene is just to find out where Ed Ross is, and so where he tells him he's going to be at this bar. And I love that bar scene where he goes in there and he's uh, he's after these guys for drug dealing. Remember, he takes that guy's leg off. Yeah. He's got like a hollow leg, yeah, and yeah. he dumps all the cocaine on the ground. And uh, Ed Ross has that gun that comes out of his uh, out of his uh, like arm from under his one. shirt and everything, and it uh, shoots Schwarzenegger's like partner, and then flees to uh, Chicago, and that's where the movie starts. He has to go all the way to Chicago to get uh, the guy because he escapes uh, custody when he's in Chicago. Remember, once they get him into Chicago, he escapes from. Uh, 
from James Bellucci and his uh, partner, and then uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has to show up, and then they got to partner up and everything. But Gum- some uh, remember Lawrence Fishburne. Gumby. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne was like one of the low-level cops in this movie. Remember, he's the one who's reading him all the stuff that uh, Ed Ross had done. He's like brigandry. He's like uh, raping and raping women and uh, into burning villages. He says that kind of stuff still goes on over there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was like this East meets West type uh, clash between the two, and they kind of can't stand each other and give each other shit. Yeah, it's funny because it's 1988 was like the height of the cold war yeah i mean it was yeah. uh i don't know what on the year. end of it tail end of it rocky four was there You're like well we're, we can all get along now yeah so. <laughs> but it was fun man they really if you watch something hilarious is like the punches they added like <laughs> wet leather <laughs> noises to the punches so they sounded like, like huge a man and uh i i remember remember the guy uh it's James Bluesy had so many, so many great one lines, man. He's such a good he, deliverer of lines. When he finally caught that bald black guy, he said, you look like Marvin Hagler to me. I lost money Marvin on Hagler. Hagler. <laughs> <laughs> or where he tries to hit on that girl and she goes, go blow yourself. And he's like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'm going to go home and try that. <laughs> or that one time where Gina Gershon's giving him shit and he, he's like, you got you got all the answers. I might as well go home and jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one great He had the best line ever when they... they he went to the parking garage. Oh, that was great, man. And and they whip up the back of the cargo van they were doing and he pulls his gun, but then everybody else pulls like hundred million guns. Yeah, like, they were like, Drop your gun. Drop your gun. If Chicago police officer doesn't look it's his weapon. And then they all do, they all do that you know, shotgun. Sh- 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 he says, oh, here you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. He was all about self reliance. Yeah, this movie. it was great. I love them playing uh, the bus chicken. The, at the bus end. chicken. He's like, yeah, we got a name for this in America. It's called chicken, but you're not supposed to play with buses. <laughs> Where they Super go visit that. Uh, they go visit that blind black guy in prison, who's also in oh, yeah. another Forty Eight Hours. Yep. He was that guy that was kind of the broker between the motorcycle gang mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Ice Man. Uh, so he used him a second time. It was just fun, man. Really, really, really good movie. One of Schwarzenegger's best for sure. I will watch it today. I'm going to do it. You're going to watch it after the podcast? Maybe. <laughs> All right, this next movie, man. This is a movie I figured out through the video store. I just it was on the shelf, bought it, loved the hell out of it. I might even have watched it on uh, demand before VHS, to be honest with you. And I was a fan to begin with. I like good revenge stories, and oh, this yeah. was a great revenge story, man. And this was 1989. Well, almost great. Johnny Handsome. Mickey Rourke. At the end, it could have been better. Yeah. It could have. No, it was a great ending, but yeah, yeah. it could have worked out better. Yeah, it could have worked out better. <laughs> it wasn't Get Carter yeah. <laughs> or so Payback. You, so you got, uh, at the very beginning, so you have Mickey Rourke, and Mickey yep. Rourke has like facial... Uh, he has a cleft palate, and it, his he looked like Rocky Dennis. Yeah, he looked like Rocky Dennis from Mask, if yeah. you know what Rocky Dennis looked like. He was unrecognizable to Mickey Rourke. You couldn't even tell. And Maybe could, his lower jaw and he could barely was talk. the same. And, he had a, uh, and his best friend was Scott Wilson, who got famous for Walking Dead? He was the old guy in uh, that owned the farm. Yep. He was also great in uh, Judge Dredd. Uh, he was the ca- the father for the cannibals. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a believer. <laughs> <laughs> I loved I loved Scott Wilson. He was awesome in uh, Exorcist Three. He was really good. He was one of the uh, psychiatrists in the Exorcist Three. So he was like uh, Johnny's like best friend, and he was like almost a father, big brother figure to him. And they were all in a gang 
with uh, Lance Henriksen and Ellen Barkin. Still one of my favorite Ellen Barkin roles. She, this and Drop Dead Gorgeous are probably my two favorite Ellen Barkin roles. I liked her she in Switch was also. Sassy. She was sassy. This was back in the day where she was still sexy. And not that she's not sexy now. She's famous on the, there's a USA show where she's like the. Uh, like a crime show where she's like the matriarch of the family oh, and I really? hear she's like a badass in it so I always loved Ellen she's Barkin. a great actress yeah she was really good and she always uh, brought it in every role she was in and this was she had fun with this role you watch this movie and you could tell Ellen Barkin had a blast doing oh, this yeah. role and this was they probably just her, and, just her making fun of Lance, Lance Hendrickson back and forth was it, funny when you when you look at it, it almost was like it, it might have been written for a dude and then they just gave it to Ellen Barkin just to see what she could do you know yeah, yeah because it could have easily just been Lance Hendrickson's like yeah. side Walter Hill's like you know I don't put women in roles like this right? <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck don't make me regret this <laughs> so th- they're doing this big uh, big diamond heist or yeah. was it a diamond heist diamond at the heist. very beginning mm-hmm. of the movie and it was a great heist they go in with these creepy masks on and they're just like got Uzis and everything. Alan Graff is the getaway driver and uh, everything goes according to plan until Lance Henriksen plays a scumbag and uh, turns the tables. Well, he did right before he ran in there. Remember, yeah. he, he did the popper. Yep. Like almost like um, yeah, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah. And so he was almost wanting to mix it up. Maybe. But I mean, he the way he looked at it, it's just more money for me and Ellen Barkin, you know. So well, he met, screws over Scott Wilson and then uh, and then shoots Johnny and leaves him for dead. Well, he shot one of the people in the store, yeah. and then Scott Wilson called him out on yeah. it. Is what out. got him shot. Yep. And then once he shot him, there wasn't any reason. But well, Johnny uh, was obviously gonna the, shoot the guy, him. the linebacker dude, yeah, dude trains. Graff. He was the getaway driver yep. in that first robbery, but he was running towards the bank and he chopped off. You could tell he played football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came yeah. in. And, chop block somebody off their feet as he's running <laughs> he's just a solid he's big yeah big dude he's a big but dude. then he got shot so the he two gets of, killed in everything <laughs> the two of them alan barkin and and uh, lance Hendricks just took off and yeah. they went to new orleans i don't know if they might have been already in new orleans yeah. i don't know but well they they knew he was uh they called him the geek and they uh that's what ellen barkin called him and they were like well the geek is dead we don't have to worry about this we're gonna keep their share and everything Not, and then but he ends up going to prison and uh meets a big heavyweight actor yeah forrest, forrest whitaker, whitaker before he was big and forrest whitaker had oh this... don't we forgot to say um the cop was uh was uh oh yeah 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 uh, morgan, freeman. morgan freeman yeah morgan freeman big yeah. girl for him and this yeah. was early on in his career 89 he was great he had i think lean of, on me he was 89 a, he had a ton of great lines this was either right before Lean on Me or right afterwards. I think Lean on Me was ninety, wasn't it? Or maybe it's early in that eighty nine, same year. So Morgan Big Freeman's year come him, out man. year was Johnny Handsome and Lean on Me. Obviously, Lean on Me got more notice for it, but uh, I loved him in uh, this movie. Uh, so Forrest Whitaker's got a program where he thinks he's going to be able to fix uh, reconstruct his reconstruct face. his face, and uh, he goes. He does through, a good job too. He does, and he's <laughs> got to do these voice uh, things where he's got to learn to speak again because yep. he had that lisp and everything, and then he becomes like hunky, sexy uh, Mickey Rourke, which might have been the last time he actually he looks more like his character <laughs> yeah, before he, nowadays. He, <laughs> he looks like the before now after the yeah. wrestle. I still love you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's kind don't, of don't ride motorcycles with helmets and don't, and don't go boxing. Plastic surgery too, and he had yeah. plastic surgery. Plastic Plastic surgery, man. It's killing him. It's really bad. But, uh, yeah, he looked great back then. And then he was like, we're just going to give you your life back. And he's going to be a dock worker and everything. But in the back of his head, he's like, nope, revenge is going to happen. And then he ends up working his way. It's brilliantly played because 
is it's got all those elements that I love about uh, Count of Monte Cristo, mm-hmm. where he just can walk right into a yeah. situation and and not have to hide the he doesn't have to hide his face because they're not going to recognize him. Yeah. Uh, but and he, at one point when he meets Ellen Barkin in yeah. the bar, he, she's like something about you it's familiar, and he's like you'll remember. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And but obviously it it comes to that. Obviously but, you wouldn't expect him to make that transfer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, there is no way you're going to be able to physically see that same guy on him, and you would never even would think of it. But it's the long con, you know, to be mm. able to get into that thing. And they had the 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 role of Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, I mean, it was it was good because it could have showed that necessary. he it could have showed that he could have went another way yeah. with it, but he didn't. I just forgot a great movie with her, that bedroom window. Have you oh, ever yeah. seen that? Where she's having an affair with uh, uh, the Goot. Yeah. And they, they see a murderer outside. Yeah, that and they that guy, Pascal, from uh, from, from Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery. Uh, is choking a woman, but she's having an affair. So she, or he's married. I can't remember it. I just bought it, but I'll have to rewatch it. They one of them is having an affair. One of them can't say anything because so they can't, they can't say, say where they were. So they have to say it, and they, they catch him on the stand lying. And, oh, it's such a great movie, man. I loved it. That's an old Curtis Hansen movie. Uh, so yeah, this was fantastic, man. And the action was like top notch all the way down to like that scene in the, uh, cemetery at the end. And the, the whole stuff with Morgan Freeman was great too, where Morgan Freeman kind of wanted to help him get the yeah. revenge, uh-huh. you know, he's like, I can understand. Well, he wanted to get Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. So I don't think he cared whether he was dead or if he got him in jail. Yeah. So it was almost, I mean, it was a cool how it went down. Yeah. Where he, they knew he couldn't bring a gun, but he knew he needed to get access to a gun. Mm-hmm. So he put it in the briefcase and he locked it. That had all the money in it that they were gonna. And so Lance Hendrickson's like, "I can't open this. You got to open it." Yeah. It's like he, he took a lot of trust and to yeah. thinking he like, "I'll shoot the damn thing." Lance Harrison was out of his mind. He in this was movie. a I mean, he was crazy like, person. He was that. Every once in a while, you'll come across that character that you know you can't even be in the room with, or, yeah, yeah. or he'll be he'll just go off on you. And that yes. was that character. Ellen yeah. Barkin was that way too. Yeah. I mean, they really. I kind mean, of, she was ready to. Yeah. Rat. She's ready to go off with Johnny yeah. Handsome. Oh yeah. She was she could have screwed Lance at any moment if he That's had That's the problem with be a criminal. Unless you're in unless it's family. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. Everyone's gonna screw everyone. But even over. then you people screw their family yeah. over. So I don't know. It's, like, it's crazy. But yeah, that was a fun movie that yep. a lot of people haven't heard of, man. All right, let's jump back to the 48 Hours universe here with another 48 Hours. This was a uh, a huge movie when it came out in the theater, man. Oh, God. It's so good. And uh, <laughs> That's how the movie starts, right? No, it was... He's I think riding Roxanne on the bus, was, right? I, I think that was... Uh, he's going on... I, I think he's singing James Brown. I think Roxanne was in the first one when he was in the jail cell. Oh, I think okay. when he's on the bus and he's man, singing it's James Brown confused. where he's like, I gotta kiss myself. All right. And he goes, baby, 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 baby. crazy scene, yeah. though. That Oh, it was really great. So at the very beginning of the movie, uh, you realize, and this is how they kind of worked the first one and the, the second one, the motorcycle gang, the main guy from the uh, motorcycle game was Andrew, uh, I always fuck up his name, Andrew Divian, I think. You, ever, you remember Toy Soldiers? Yeah. With, uh, with Lou Gossick Jr. Mm-hmm. and all those kids. He was the main terrorist that came in that had the thing on his wrist that was going to blow up the school. Oh, yeah, yeah, He yeah, played yeah, the, yeah. Uh, that guy. So he, he went through a period where he was playing like terrorists and shit. So he was great in this. He was a motorcycle gang. He had like that black tear under his eye. And he had a couple other uh, motorcycle gang people. And uh, you thought the movie was basically dealing with the motorcycle gang. Uh, but you realize that the motorcycle gang, at the very beginning of the movie, they get to this biker bar. Uh, and they were like, we're going to get all this money for killing this one person. And they show uh, Eddie Murphy's picture. 
and the the main motorcycle guy's like he killed my brother so it's james remar's brother he says it killed my brother uh so this is going to be another revenge story he's like this is going to be a gift and why they want him killed because there's a huge mobster or gangster in the movie called the Iceman, who's killing people who's ruthless and everything obviously not the real Iceman in real life because there is actually a real Iceman, uh the Iceman tapes and stuff but uh Oh, that crazy uh, yeah, yeah, that crazy fucker. Uh, that movie was great that was a great with, movie uh, with uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta, job. great job. Uh, but Bradley Cooper was good. Oh, I forgot Bradley Cooper was. I only saw it, it once. Great. I'll have to rewatch it. Uh, but uh, apparently Eddie Murphy knows the identity of the real Iceman, and the Iceman, no one knows who he is, and so the Iceman wants Eddie Murphy killed because he can identify him, and then. Uh, Nick Nolte wants Eddie Murphy alive because he's the one who can, like, identify the Iceman. So uh, Nick Nolte thinks it's Kevin Ty through the whole movie. Kevin Ty is uh, an easy movie for most people to know Kevin Ty from. He was um, he owned the Double Deuce in uh, Roadhouse. He was the Roadhouse guy. He's got that white hair, really nice. He played John Locke's dad in uh, in Lost. He ended up screwing over him, and it was great. Uh, he was like oh, one. He came yeah, in for one episode, yeah, man, and it was great. Uh, I always love Kevin Ty, man. He's really, really good. I once again, I like him for that cutting cards uh, with Lance Henriksen. Still one of the best roles he's ever done. I'm on a roll now. <laughs> I'm gonna. Ex- you're gonna exchange your spurs for a pair of mitt mittens, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love it. I'm gonna that. I'm gonna watch today for sure. <laughs> is cutting cards. It's, it's like I'm telling you, Google it. I, I'm sure you can pull up uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, cutting cards and watch it. Anyone who's listening. So it, it was a great movie where uh, legit. Eddie Murphy's getting out of prison now. And he Jack's kind of his friend, and Jack is holding on for his, his car. car. He's taking care of his car. He's taking care of his money. He says, you can buy yourself another car out of the money and everything, but we're friends now at the end of 48 hours. I'll look after yeah, it for yeah. you. I'll be here when you get out. So uh, when he's getting out, he ends up. they end up... Uh, the. Uh, motorcycle gang attacks the bus. Literally, the bus is taking him home. Alan Graff is driving <laughs> it. He, uh, be quiet back there, type of thing. And Alan yeah. Graff gets shot in the head. Yep. And the bus flips probably sixteen times. Somebody, somebody had to flip that and bus. And he, he gets out. Uh, Eddie Murphy somehow lives through it and everything. And then, if that wasn't enough, he ends up meeting mm-hmm. up with Nick Nolte. And Nick Nolte won't give him his money right away. He's like, he's like, you gonna, you gonna tell me who? You gonna help me get this ice man? Or you're not getting any of your money back? He's like, hey, I trusted you. He says, yeah. Well, you're gonna trust me a little longer because you're going to help me get the Iceman back or I'm going to send you back to jail. So that animosity just like goes right back in it, which was a smart kind of uh, script movement to get them angry at each other again. You don't want them to be best buddies. Remember when they show up at the house He's in the Porsches in the front, yeah. uh, front yard? <laughs> yeah. It's like covered with dirt. And he's like, you had my uh, Porsche parked in front of your house for the last eight years? He says, why don't you put it in the garage and everything? He says, how much pussy I got from that car? And he hits the button to uh, to turn the alarm off. And, yeah. and a whole Porsche explodes. <laughs> Nick Nolte has my favorite line. He's like, damn, no money, no car. You're really having a bad day, Richard. <laughs> Oh god, they're they're back and forth together was yeah. so funny. This was that basketball mm-hmm. thing yep. where they just kept punching each other in the face and now we're even we can start fresh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really good. Instead of the uh the biker bar, remember they go to the uh there's another bar they go to in this movie. 
Was that the end of... No, that was the end. See, even I confused them. At the end of the regular 48 hours, they go to the black bar. And that's where uh, Nick Nolte has to kind of feel uncomfortable going into it, which is funny (laughs) because we had seen the opposite of that earlier. Uh, But all the stuff with the bikers was great, man. And that that black guy that was kind of the in-between with them. And then it was a a good kind of who's the Iceman type thing because Nick Nolte really thought it was Kevin Ty. And during this whole thing, Nick Nolte was being... uh, prosecuted for like uh, overstepping his bounds at a uh, moment in the beginning of the movie where he shot at that track and uh, accidentally killed somebody so they were going to try to take his badge from him and he was convinced Kevin ties the Iceman he's like that's got to be the guy he's been he's been trying to screw me at every uh, every uh, turn and everything so he busts into the trial remember with Eddie Murphy and he's like he's like that's him, isn't it? That's the Iceman. He's like, no, nah, it's not him, Jack. He's like, no, that's him. That's got to be him. He's like, no, that's not him. I don't, don't forget somebody you uh, steal uh, $20 million from. That's not the guy. And then it's great when he finally sees him at the end. He says, that's the guy. That's the fucking Iceman right there, man. Oh, and you so were, great. as an audience member, you were you were surprised because you were surprised. he was sort of helping yeah, Nick Nolte through the movie. And they did that. They did that switcheroo because remember there was uh, Ed Ross. Oh, the old the, switcheroo. Yeah, Ed Ross, who's the bad guy, the Russian from uh, Red Heat, was one of the cops, and you heard, uh, you thought he was the Ice Man because he, he took the phone call, he grabbed the bag, he mm-hmm. he goes to the uh, that cage club where they had the women in the cages dancing and everything. Oh, I've been there. And yeah, <laughs> it was place, in fun, Austria, but... fun place. <laughs> uh, so all the way up into it, and then. Uh, until he sees Eddie, and uh, Eddie's like, who the fuck is this guy? This ain't guy ain't the fucking Iceman. And he, and the the bikers are, are like, taken aback. He says, what do you mean he's not the Iceman? He says, I'm telling you, he's not the Iceman. And then that's where, uh, spoiler alert, that's where Brian James shows his face. It, it's a spoiler alert, but it's not really. I mean, Brian James plays a bad guy in every fucking movie If you're looking in. at a cast, <laughs> and you're, like, trying to figure out who the bad guy is, like, I can see the cast yeah. of a movie sometimes and like, be like, oh, Michael Ironside. Yeah. He's in that movie? <laughs> he's a bad guy. Lance Henriksen. Okay. <laughs> There's some movies where they can't even list the actor yeah. right yeah like yeah yeah, yeah. like, like uh, they, uh, the one, seven they didn't me- mention kevin spacey at yeah all. and yeah. they didn't mention um in the the phone booth they didn't did they yeah not they mentioned mention kiefer, kiefer. Yep, they didn't mention you'd have been like you, you wouldn't necessarily connect him but you knew if he had his name there you were gonna know yeah, yeah, yeah. after 10 seconds which but they did it they did smart because they did put ed ross in there who had just played the bad guy in red heat so they were like oh it makes sense ed ross is the bad guy and we had seen brian james in the first 48 hours he was legit in that yeah, first mm-hmm. 48 or maybe he wasn't i don't know i, I kinda, think he was and then they just had i kind of like the idea of thinking that he was that good that he was doing all that shit back Ooh. during 48 hours yeah. but yeah brian james always plays a bad guy and if he's not a bad guy he's a prick so it, it makes Makes sense that uh, that he was the guy. But Walter Hill's defense, his movies are full of guys that are like that. Yeah, 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 that is true. <laughs> that firefighter thing. There's so many guns shot at that cage bar though, yeah. and that Uzi. Brian James had that Uzi, and he just like laid. Into I was it. always fascinated with Uzis as a kid. Oh, it always seemed like they just fired more bullets than any other gun, yeah. and it had the distinct sound. I remember watching this crazy movie called Night of the Comet. Oh yeah, and yeah, she uh, had the Uzi. They were out at outside the department I love store. The and, That's a hard movie to find in uh, L.A. Shooting the Uzi up was pretty no. cool. I had just uh, what was the other movie? Because I had just bought Night of the Cotter, and that was a hard movie to find. But I had just found the Super with uh, with uh, Joe Pesci. You remember the Super? Yes, they made him stay in his own. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard movie to find. Hip-hop. But there was another random movie I just found, and I want to pull it up here and see if I can. Uh, yeah, that Body Parts I bought. But uh, where is it? Oh, steal this movie! Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. 
they fucked up. They sent me in the wrong movie. They sent me something called Stealing Home, which was like a romantic movie with Mark Harmon and Alicia Silverstone. Steal them. Steal this movie was. Uh, Are you gonna watch it? Uh, no. <laughs> Steal this movie was Vincent D'Onofrio playing Abby Hoffman in San oh, Francisco okay. and everything. And it was a really great fucking movie that I only saw once and loved it and everything. And it came across for like three bucks. And I'm like, I'm buying it now. And then it came up and I'm stealing home. What is this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, you let him know. I was a little pissed. Yeah. So I, he hasn't got back to me yet, but I know he's going to. It's three bucks. He'll just refund it. But I kind of want know this guy. This I want point, that movie, though. Is, so. he, is he pretty familiar with you at this point? Oh, this was another guy. But oh, yeah, okay. my guy in South Florida, I buy from him almost every day. But but it's like five bucks. Five bucks for three movies, like every day, and it's re- random stuff. Like I just bought uh, the Merlin movie with uh, with Sam Neill, The oh, Crucible yeah. with uh, Demi Moore and Daniel Day Lewis, which I had never seen, and The Wiz. You know, oh, the yeah. The Wizard of Oz with uh, with Michael Jackson, and Diana Ross. I'm like, that's such a random fucking pickups, but I'm taking it. Uh, yeah, I've gotten some good ones from him. All right, let's move to 1992 here, man. This was also a great movie. Saw it in the movie theater. Loved it, loved it, loved this. And uh, this was... If you if you look at this list, you know, it it almost seems like he wouldn't have been the guy to direct this because it was like a, a huge movie for a lot of black actors. And before this, I mean, he had the guy from Red Heat and uh, in Another 48 Hours, and he had a random couple uh, black actors here, obviously Richard Pryor. Uh, when did Body but, Count come out? 91? Body count? Yeah, that must have been right before this. It might have been 88, 89. You have to look that up. Uh, because this had an impressive, impressive cast in this movie. So basically, there's, there's two white dudes in the movie, played by Bill Paxton and William Sadler. And they are firefighters. Very, very beginning of the movie, they've, they're they trying to rescue... 1990 is when body count Oh, man. So, so Ice-T was huge in the... Uh, at this time he banks now with the SVU oh, shit, yeah. stuff oh shit, yeah man he doesn't have to work at all anymore yeah. uh so at the very beginning of the movie william sadler and bill paxton are firefighters and there's one guy in this fire that is coming down like a five okay. alarm fire and he he ends up burning to death but before he burns to death he he hands uh bill Gives paxton a map? a map yeah and he's like i i shouldn't have done it i shouldn't have done it. He's, he's spouting all this weird shit and they get back to the fire station and they were like I think this is a map, and I think I know where this place is. It's an abandoned place out in, like, the, the bad area of town. He says, like, let's take a drive out there, and let's see what it is. He says, because along with the map, they found these cut-ups for uh, somebody had robbed, like, the Catholic Church of all this gold and, like, gold, like, uh, crucifixes and uh, uh, cups and all this different stuff. And he's like, I think this person uh, stole it. His name was Eugene. He says, I think Eugene stole all this stuff hit it in this place and if we go there with our axes and everything we can get, literally do a treasure hunt so once they get there everything seems fine they're looking for it they're going to the third floor and everything and little do they realize this is where the gangland goes to settle settle stuff. scores and shit so we have ice tea ice cube tiny lister uh ice tea fridays ice tea yeah, i know <laughs> ice tea's brother was played by the uh the guy the one that kidnapped um yeah the one they kidnapped was the guy from die hard that was in the limo oh <laughs> yeah the little kid great. in the limo yeah yeah with the big bear yeah <laughs> so he was a junkie that they ended up kidnapping because 
they heard them show up, and then William Sadler went up on the roof and watched Ice T and Ice Cube just kill an associate Rival of theirs. Gang member or something. And he went flying through like this pitcher window, and they leaned down to look over them, and then Bill Paxton with a stupid look yeah. on his face is down below looking up, and they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" So they go down there, and they're about to kill Bill Paxton, and William Sadler grabs a gun and grabs uh, his name is Lucky, which is uh, Ice T's brother, and they grab him, and they just. Uh, barricade themselves in one room and they have the homeless guy there who is the homeless guy is the guy from Die Hard 2 the black guy who's... we'll call him the winner of the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he's totally the winner of the movie for sure <laughs> he was great I loved him uh, in Die Hard 2 he was the guy that was helping John McClane mm-hmm. uh, at the uh, in the airport and everything and uh, basically, at that point, it was like a standoff movie where they're trying to get these two guys to come out. They don't know why they're there at all. He says, why are you guys even here? And they're not telling them until it ends up coming to them. It says, there's gold in this place. And the homeless guy's like, what are you talking about? I, I sleep in this place. There's not gold in this place. I would have found it. And they were like, no, it's in the it's in the floor. And until they realized that the guy who wrote, yeah. <laughs> threw the map was on his back, so yep. it wasn't on the floor. It was, it was in, in the ceiling. ceiling. Uh, also, remember, I had that great element that Tiny Lister wore cleats in the movie, so they could hear him uh, because they also brought a uh, like a metal detector trying to find out where the gold was. But they they were able to track Tiny Lister above them by just following <laughs> his right, his right. Uh, his feet through the whole thing. So it was really great, and I loved the ruse that they played. Remember, they brought in uh, Bruce Young, who's that big black guy. Remember the black guy that uh, Tom Selleck had to kill an innocent man. Remember, he stuck the ice in his stomach and broke it off. Yes. the glass yeah uh he was the he was the guy that they came in and they were like uh why don't we put a police uniform on one of our guys and make it look like uh, he's there to arrest you and that way they'll stick their head out uh and call for the cops and when they do that we'll shoot him and then we'll have our guy because they stretched lucky across the door because they were like and they I remember at some point they had to give him a heroin shot and everything and i think cell phones ruin a lot of movies now because you couldn't do that movie oh, without yeah, cell yeah, phones yeah. they could just call a cop it, buddy and have him come down there it's a great like closed set movie though you know i mean yeah, there's not there's a lot of not a lot of people movie. in this movie they probably shot it in two yep. locations two locations Ma- they had probably uh the most expensive scene was probably the beginning scene yep the fire yeah, yeah. other than that they're just in this abandoned warehouse and i can uh, give you i can get you an abandoned <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean they they spent money on the salaries for all these people and everything because it was a yeah on, ice on both sides ice t gets paid man <laughs> ice t gets paid i mean those guys are young at this point ice cube hadn't ice done, cube hadn't hardly done anything. uh hadn't done boys in the hoodie probably did and that's probably it what's I, the one where he's in the rv with his family Oh well, yeah, that wasn't done yet. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how much money he got paid. Oh, are we there movie. yet? Is that what it is? Yeah, I, guess I bet. There. You know what? I bet that paycheck is bigger than the first paycheck oh, yeah. he got from his first album. Oh shit! Ask Eddie Murphy, man. Eddie Murphy's. It's like those Daddy Daycare made him yeah. so much money. That was a, that actually was a good movie though. But uh, like Haunted House, the Haunted House movie, and like Norbit and all those movies. I mean, <laughs> he admitted they did a lot of those movies for his kids. Anyways, did you I say, had nothing my kids could watch. Did you say you saw Coming to America too? Yeah, loved it. You loved it. Fucking loved it. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Have you seen it? I haven't. Do you have Amazon Prime? I don't. Yeah. Well, then. <laughs> you ain't you seeing shit. You, you are like, you ain't seeing shit. <laughs> I can HBO, just imagine it. <laughs> HBO Max is the one to have now, man. Remember I had told you I had watched the last time you were here. I was like an hour into Kong versus or Godzilla oh, yeah, versus yeah, yeah, Kong, yeah, yeah. and I thought it was decent. It turned out to be fucking amazing. That last hour was, was so fucking good. Yeah. Like the fight I saw in great Tokyo. reviews about it. 
I've, some people are shitting on it. Some people love it. It's it's like any other movie. I loved it. I mean, if you're a Godzilla fan, what else could you be wanting besides what was going on in that movie? The funny it thing was is, a badass. Is, you know what the fans want. It's like Star Wars. You know what the fans yep. want. Why are you giving them Jabba Binks? Yeah, That's they want the lightsaber fights. Yeah, they, they, they want, want lightsaber Maul. fights. They want Boba Fett to fly over yep. something, choke yep. somebody out. I mean, and that's what the first half of uh, the first half of that Kong versus Godzilla was like. I don't know. It seems like a lot of humans in this fucking movie <laughs> because that's what Godzilla fans want. They don't want humans. Yeah. So set the scene up and get the fuck out of the way and let the monsters fight each I, other. I read an article that basically is entitled that. He's yeah. like, we just want to watch monsters yep. fight each other. And that's what happened though. In the last half, they destroyed Tokyo, and it was like so great that it was in Tokyo and everything. And they the Mecha Godzilla, they did it like Pacific Rim, like there was a guy in a thing controlling him, like ex- externally and everything. And I was like, that's so great that they stole that idea, and they stole like completely from Pacific Rim, but it worked. So. Hey. So yeah, that, that was it's nothing original. My <laughs> sidebar on that one for sure. Uh, Trespass is awesome, and, and it's also one of those movies that you you don't expect. You you think that like a black director directed it because a lot of yeah. movies that have that many uh, black actors in it, that's just that was the case. Uh, it doesn't end well for most of the cast. All right, 1996, <laughs> this last one, and this was based on a famous famous uh, Akira Kuras- Akira Kurosawa movie, Kurosawa. which is the uh, the Seventh Samurai. It it's been used a lot. A lot of those old Clint Eastwood movies are kind of based on this type of uh, thing. I Pale Rider, in a little bit of a ways, was based on it, where this outside character comes into a situation where there's two gangs fighting and he just plays them off of each other for his own benefit. That's basically all Seven Samurai, Pale Rider, and a little bit of High Plains Drifter was kind of like that too. So it's, it's been used a I lot. I used to do that in elementary school. <laughs> Play the two people against each I other? I would say, I'd lean over to somebody that wasn't saying anything and yeah. I'd go like this and I'd be like, what did you say about him? <laughs> and the other guy would, shit up. would be like, <laughs> What do you say about me? I didn't say shit. That's not what I heard. <laughs> That's like the the moment in, uh, in Biloxi Blues. He says, "Who do you want to oh. uh, call out? Him? Oh, he's the biggest he's guy the in the biggest company. Guy in the company. <laughs> that takes a lot of balls. That takes a lot of balls." <laughs> 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 so yeah so this movie starred a slew of famous people so bruce willis was the main heavy in this movie but you've got the irish gang and you've got the italians and they are in like also kind of a closed set it was like prohibition it was right outside of like california where a town where it, you could do shady business and, and everything par, and they were, for the course normally yeah so it, it felt like an old western but it wasn't it everyone had guns and everything lots of guns for sure and walter so, hill Likes his guns. Oh, yeah. He, lo- he definitely likes his guns and his squibs, man. People put squibs all over themselves. And a lot of guns were using this. And Bruce Willis, that two-hand gun thing he got famous for in this movie. I mean, a lot of gun enthusiasts are like, bullshit. And I was like, yeah, well, that's what he... It's a movie, dude. I mean... <laughs> so the Italian gang consisted of... Uh, Christopher Walken, who wasn't the main guy, he was like the the Sonny from uh, from Godfather. He was like the muscle. The main guy was David Patrick Kelly, the the tiny guy from the Warriors and uh, Forty Eight Hours. And so the the Irish gang had that. The Italians had uh, Michael Imperiali, which you'd never get to see outside of Sopranos or Goodfellas. We played Spider and everything, and he was great in this. And basically from the get go, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bruce Willis just came into town and he was just trying to make money and he ended up getting in a fight the second he got into town he didn't even get out of his car and people are like breaking his uh, headlights what are you doing here you're not, you're not uh, supposed to be here and the guy that he's fucking with is a guy from uh, Remo Williams with the diamond tooth mm-hmm. big guy 
and he ends up uh he ends up uh oh sorry hitting the mic <laughs> he ends up starting shit with him and then he goes to the bar and he goes to the bar and i think the bartender is the guy from um uh, my brother daryl and my other brother daryl he's the uh guy who works the bar oh okay and he's telling him all what's going on and everything and then he immediately goes over and he's he in that gold rush movie uh, CV series. He was the hotel he was, owner. Uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Yeah, he was in Deadwood. He was great in Deadwood and Blade Runner. Really great in Blade. Right. William. He was a toy Sandler. guy. It's he not made William the toys. Sadler. It's William Sanderson. Maybe I don't. I can't remember. Uh, so once he goes in there and he kills all these Irish guys, the Italians are like, "Hey." You killed our enemy, you know? Uh, we want to put you to work. He's like, yeah, well, I'm working for myself and everything. And then immediately uh, uh, tries to get recruited, and he doesn't want to do it. And then he ends up killing some of the Italian guys, and then the Irish guys want him and everything. And basically, he is, like, turning these guys against each other, man. And it's really fantastic to watch these guys do it. Uh, Christopher Walken was crazy in this movie, too. He had, like, a weird scar in his uh, face. I'm, now I'm forgetting another huge guy from this movie. Let me check real quick. Don't forget. No, oh, man. This was a good movie. This was one of those movies that people forget about, and then you were like, oh, that was that movie um, with Bruce Willis. So let me pull up the cast of this. I think this. it's one of those movies that I saw on Netflix for a long time and didn't watch it, and then by the time I wanted to watch it, it was off. Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern played the sheriff in the movie who just didn't give a shit. He, he, he's like, I'm not going to help you, so if you want uh, if you want uh, retribution for anything that's happened to you, you might as well get it from somebody else. So he, he realized, well, the sheriff's on the take from one of these people, and he's been using the sheriff. He Bruce Willis said if he wants to get information out, he gives it to the sheriff to give it out. Uh, William Sanderson. Yeah, was uh, close. That's the guy from Deadwood. Uh, David Patrick Kelly, uh, Ned Eisenberg played like the head, uh, uh, Italian guy. He was in the burning. He was one of the things I saw. One of the, uh, uh, Mike, uh, Michael Imperiali. Yeah. Leslie Mann was in this movie, which I think is interesting. Leslie Mann. She became a really funny comedian. Yeah. Leslie, uh, she was, uh, she's married to Judd Apatow, but she was in, um, 40 year old virgin. Remember the one who puked all over him? <laughs> he picked I up. Never saw 40 year old virgin. <laughs> you have like a breath man or something. <laughs> she's really, really funny. Uh, comedian. Watch Don't watch that many comedies. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. She's good in it though. But she was like one of the hookers in this movie. I didn't even know she had done movies way back then, uh, before she kind of got big doing, uh, comedies. So it was a great movie, man. I loved it. Uh, it was one of those ones, like I said, it kind of went under everyone's true radar. True form for Walter Hill. Yeah, what is this? Ninety six. Oh, it's got all that Walter Hill stuff. This was also one of those TBS I movies. See it. I've never seen it. Oh, it's yeah. the only one on this list I have. I had thought you had seen it. I thought you owned this movie at some uh-uh. point. Nearly. No. Damn, I'm gonna definitely have to let you borrow it because it's fun, man, and it's really, really good. Like I said, th- this was a story that had already been established since like the 30s, I guess. I don't know when the Kurosawa movie came out, but it was. It was dealing with like rival um, samurais and everything, and it was uh, like obviously subtitles and everything. Up. Yeah, stranger shows up that nobody knows. Uh, that was one of my favorite elements from this movie is they don't realize how badass Bruce Willis is, and I'm not sure we ever found out how he got that badass. And a lot of times when that stranger shows up in town, those are the best stories, like with uh, with Pale Rider. Somebody. With Clint Eastwood and Pale Rider, he had backstory that they alluded to, and even the head villain. What's at the, the end, one where he painted all the buildings red? That was High Plains Drifter, which was similar, but he was there for revenge. Those guys had fucked him over. Yeah. In uh, Pale Rider, 
remember he came in as a preacher and people were like, yeah. he's no preacher. And then at the end, right at the end, one of my favorite moments was when the head villain came out and he recognized Clint Eastwood. He's like, oh my God, I know who you are. And then Clint Eastwood killed him and we never found out who it was. <laughs> so that, we went always whole... knew he did some shady shit. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's all they gave to you. And that was kind of what it was in Last Man Standing is you know Bruce Willis was, I mean, he was a badass. He, could t- he took out like almost all the people on both sides and then had them take out people for him and everything. But there was a great scene where like he's with Leslie Mann and they're, they're in the room naked and he's like butt ass naked and they, they bust into his room and he just rolls off the bed. It's got the two guns is shooting him under the bed, shooting their ankles and then gets up and walks down the hallway, butt ass naked and killing everyone else coming through the window. A lot of wire work, a lot of like, Walter Hill, I, I hate to say it, but it's if if you play that, let's count the bullets in this gun game. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. He goes up. to the Scorsese, yeah, yeah. the Scorsese. Uh, oh yeah, school yeah, yeah. Of, of gunfire. He's like, yeah, I got the, I got him by the, uh, the balls. You know, the yeah. audience, so they're not gonna care. But sometimes uh, Bruce Willis is shooting nine bullets yeah. out of a six shooter. I know what and- you're thinking. <laughs> Did I five shots? Six shots are only five. <laughs> On this movie, it don't matter. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to shoot them and enjoy yourself, man. Yeah. Enjoy the blood. Uh, I, I love that they put... Uh, Christopher Walken in kind of a minor role in this, hmm. where he's like, I don't want to play Who the heavy. Who was a big dude? Yeah, back then. Oh, huge man! So him just coming in as that, uh, he he didn't say much. He had that scar, and he just came in, and uh, he, he was a badass man. I love it. So yeah, right. last man standing, man. Walter Hill. What does that bring us up to? Let me look at our other uh, directors on here. I want to see what number this is for our directors. Pods. I'm gonna guess, and I'll probably be low. Fifteen. 17. 17. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what our next director is, but man, we have played, we have done some great directors on, oh, Cronenberg is going to be our next one. So we're going to be doing that probably in the next two months and everything. Uh, so if you love Cronenberg movies, it's, like Cronenberg, it's, it's crazy. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> well, Cronenberg is one of my favorite directors and how we got to number 17 without doing them before. It must have been we probably were doing a lot of his movies on other pods and everything. So and we were like, wanna, like, I didn't want to like double up uh, yeah. too early, but we haven't done a Cronenberg movie in a while. So we'll definitely go back and uh, talk some Cronenberg films. We've got an exciting uh, slew of pods coming up in the next couple weeks that everyone wants to uh, check out. Me and Justin are going to do a Superman pod. Yay. And me and Dave are going to do an awesome character actor pod with a slew of like 10 fabulous character actors. Alan Graff is one of them who we talked a bunch about today, so we'll kind of revisit some of his stuff on this. And uh, then me and Justin are going to do a stoner comedy pod. Then me and Dave are going to do uh, Samuel Jackson. And uh, I'm going to go up north. I got my ticket to go up north. Gonna do a monster I'm going to do a uh, horror movie pod. We were going to do Godzilla, but I think we're going to wait until a little later to do it because it's just going to take so much damn research to do the Godzilla. I- I'd have to watch like ones that I haven't seen uh, in like There's... 30 years. There's a lot of them, There's too. Lot of them. And uh, he- he's a lot better at them than me. So I. Like, um, oh, for sure. Like... Oh, Eric. Eric's got. I've got a lot of the figures, too, but there's a Toho. Toho is the, the company uh, for Godzilla. There's a huge Toho community out there. Uh, so I think we're going to do uh, Halloween. We're going to do Halloween in the summertime. And we're going to talk sense. about the Halloween franchise uh, and everything because we're, we're not going to get a Halloween movie this year, uh, which we thought. I think it's going to be 2022. Uh, there's something big coming out. Uh, that, that, damn, what's that big movie coming out? Yeah, in? Fincher's got one. Fincher's got another movie coming out? Mank. Oh, I never even heard of that. It's uh, It's the guy that made... The guy that... Did the screenplay for that movie that he tried to 
get banned. Hmm. What's I got the know. most expensive movie ever? Uh, the most expensive? Oh, Avatar? No. Oh, uh, Citizen Kane? Citizen Kane. Yeah. The screen, it's a real life story about the, about uh, the screenwriter. Wells? No, Mank. Mank the, oh, guy who wrote that. The huh? guy who wrote the screenplay. Huh. Interesting. That seems uh, weird for him, but I'm sure he'll make it it's work. It's done in black and white. Huh. And uh, I had never heard of that. I heard an interview oh, uh, on next NPR week. yesterday about it. It got, it's, I think it's got a bunch of, it's got already out. It's got yeah. a bunch of Oscar It's crazy. I, have you heard of that, uh, that promising young woman? Uh-uh. Have you heard about that? Nope. It's Carrie Mulligan. You know Carrie Mulligan I from do. Drive? Yeah. Uh, it's up for five Oscars, and it's at Redbox, so I'm going to rent it, and I'll probably have seen it in the, by the weekend. I'll have watched it because I want to watch a couple of these Oscar movies before the 25th when they come out. And uh, she apparently uh, pretends to be fucked up and drunk at uh, at bars and lets shady guys take her home to take advantage of her, and then she fucks them up. I'm not sure if she kills them or what she does to them, but it's it's a crazy, crazy kind of twist movie, like Hard Candy in a way. Gary Oldman plays uh, the lead role. Amanda Siegfried, Lily Collins. Oh, good cast. Uh, Tom Burke, Charles Dance. Oh, Charles Dance. I love Charles Dance. Uh, came out in 2020. Huh. Interesting. Well, next week they got some of these HBO Max movies are like coming flying out. Like that Godzilla uh, versus Kong came out. Next week is the Mortal Kombat movie. I thought that was like months away. And then in September, The Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel to um, to Sopranos, comes out. The new Matrix movie is going to come out on HBO Max. The new Dune movie is coming out on HBO Max. I love it, man. It's a good I'll... time to be an introvert. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I like the movie theater, but I would like more to not <laughs> Pandemic go. Pandemic forever, my yeah. friend. If you give me the, I, I'm a huge movie theater guy. I mean, we uh, we've been some of the best movies ever we've seen in the theater. But if it you doesn't give me the bother option, me. If you give me the option to watch it at home on my couch, and yeah. I can pause it and I mm-hmm. go to the bathroom, yeah. or I could do whatever the hell I want, I I'll, I'll take it. You know, I, I'll totally take it. So, not that I wouldn't like that experience every once in a while, like that. I'm at the point now where it has to be a the right movie for a movie. Yeah, like theater. Kong versus like, Godzilla go probably would have been good. I don't need to go see a, no. a drama on the yeah, big screen. Small, like, uh, indie drama, probably not. But Kong versus Godzilla, I get it. Matrix, I get it. Yeah. Dune, I get it. Those those Star are big Wars, movies. stuff like that. Basically, all the movies that HBO Max is going to release. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a there's some good, like, uh, if you look at the Oscar movies that are, gonna, that are nominated, like, you recognize none of them. But they're all, like, small indie movies that look good. That No Man Land. There's that Minerva, which stars the Glenn from walking dead about the uh the korean they don't uh, have to family. do as much promotion now that they're not doing theaters yeah think about it i mean it, who's not gonna yeah, watch the latest money. movie that comes out on hbo max yeah that you don't little thing people to watch that little it. things with denzel they were like it, yeah. it's the new movie that's oh, all you got there's our new movie watch it and yep. they're gonna watch it it's absolutely not, you don't have to they're probably saving they're saving tons money. of money, there's no yeah. like hollywood they they might change the model yeah oh yeah after this after pandemic. the pandemic for sure it's like and now we're it's up in the air what's going to be happening in georgia people are always like well georgia's the new hub anyways but now that might be changing so who knows kansas city's like we're up we're gonna be up we're gonna be the big thing colorado's where they, where they move <laughs> colorado the, yeah the, the uh, all-star game all-star game yeah so it's, it's gonna be interesting to see this next six months play out to see how everything goes too because everyone's getting vaccinated everyone's getting out there um like i'm saying i'm finally gonna uh, get on a plane and go uh across the country so i might get on a plane in june yeah 
go where? Up to Pittsburgh. All right. Do some work up yep, there. I got my ticket booked for Alaska in uh, in October, so I'm excited to go up to Alaska and hopefully got see the celebrity uh, golf tournament I'm going to play in. Oh, yeah? Some NFL guys. Anybody super famous? No, just one of my clients. Yeah. Tom Brady? <laughs> Arthur Motes and no, Tom Brady doesn't go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> He's not allowed there. No. <laughs> He's like, I am you're, fine where I am. You're right worn now. out. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Get him. Get him, guys. That was your big plan? Get him. Get him. <laughs> All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can shoot us an email, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com, or you can uh, uh, give us a like or comment on two platforms, iTown. Uh, iTown. I- 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 wow. Uh, I invented a new platform. It sounds like a great place to live. iTunes. <laughs> iTunes and SoundCloud. Or you can uh, check out our Facebook page, Thunder Fascinated with Films. And uh, leave us a message, and we'll get back to you. Sure. Uh, but until next week, with me and Justin doing some, uh, I think we're uh, we're doing some Superman next week. It's gonna be a great one, man. Uh, and uh, stay tuned with us. But we will be back next week for that. So until then, see ya. Bye. I've been in prison for three years. My dick gets hot after wind blows. Mm-hmm.